This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN 690.com. I start every I start every decision in my life with why. I love the game of football. I was a kid that grew up in, in New York City and, and uh, you know, basketball all around me. And this is something from an early age. I love the game of football. My mom would, when my dad was working, my mom would take me out. And I would say now, as I ran a fly route, she'd throw the ball as far as she could. And I would go over and try to catch it. My dad, once a year, twice a year, would drive me to Pennsylvania to Penn State and watch games. I love the game of football. And football's done so much for me in my life. Tell you what. I may be hanging up the gloves here, hanging up my microphone, going back to get my cleats and uh, try out for the Carolina Panthers because Matt Rule can put out a little introductory performance there and get people excited about football in January. Austin Lane with ESPN and Action Sports Jacks. Brent Martin, my co-host, is on vacation today in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, hopefully he's having a great time checking out some craft breweries. Joined today by Coos, the guy pushing all the right buttons, and special guest today. You guys know who he is. Action Sports Jack Stuart Weber. How are we doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Excited and, and joyous to be here. Were you excited after that Matt Rule speech? Let me tell you. Uh, I never have played football, but I'm going to start now. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Let's go. Better, better late than never. That's right. I'm going to go run some fly routes. Yeah. Well, and See listen, how far my mom can throw the ball to me. <laughs> and listen, this is kind of the, the big story of the day, you know, is Matt Rule being introduced as the Carolina Panthers head coach. And, of course, he's coming from college. He kind of has that pep in his step a little bit, right, because he's used to working with millennials. He's used to working with these young kids, um, trying to get them motivated to go to class, read the playbook, and, you know, just in recruiting in general. So he kind of brings a little extra added incentive there. But I think from the Carolina Panthers' perspective, they couldn't have got a better hire in Matt Rule because you're losing a guy in Rivera who he, he's definitely a big culture guy, right? I mean, he, he, he definitely rules with an iron fist, an old-school type mentality, preaches the defense, preaches pounding the rock. And you essentially replace that with Matt Rule, who is also, like, doesn't really rule with an iron fist, I would say. I think he's more the player's coach type persona. But he's known for building the cultures, whether it was a Temple or a Baylor team that was just in in the dumps, you know, in, in, shambles, in a, in a yes. sham, yeah, absolute shambles and turning around the program in the matter of a year. That's what Matt Rule brings to the table. And I think if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, you're pretty excited. Yeah, you know, you, you always want to win the press conference. You know, you win that opening press conference and you get everybody on your side. But the real question is, can... Can he coach an NFL team? Is this going to work? Is it going to translate? And and that's always the question when you're talking about college guys coming in and trying to do the NFL job is, is this going to work? And we'll see. Uh, some of the stuff that was interesting to me was just how, how much he really was talking about analytics in his introductory press conference and, and how much he wants that to be part of his tenure as the, the Panthers head coach. And obviously with the owner, Tepper, I mean, analytics is big on his mind as well. So... You know, maybe it's a match made in heaven when you're talking about that, and we'll see. We'll see if that works or not. Every Everybody wins the press conference. Everyone goes out there and, and says all the right things and does all the right things and gets everybody pumped up, fired sure. up, ready to go. So, uh, you know, good good for him to get that part done. Yeah, and listen, I'm, I'm going to take what he says with a grain of salt, sure. right? Because at the end of the day, it's a performance-based business. You don't get a win on your record from having a good press conference. That's not how it works. 
but I'm just talking about from the perspective of the guys that were available. You know, your your Mike McCarthy's, your Joe Judges, maybe your Josh McDaniels. We'll see. Even like a guy from college, like Lincoln Riley. Um, I think Matt Rule is the most intriguing, just from the standpoint of he has won wherever he's been. Now, can that translate to the NFL? And it's funny because. From the outside looking in, you would think these college coaches that come out, they should have a lot of success because the biggest part of a head coach, like, yeah, you might be an offensive-minded guy and you bring some new wrinkle to the scheme. But in my opinion, the biggest part of a head coach is to initiate the culture and and to keep that locker room above water, right? And when we're talking about that, guys like Pete Carroll come to mind. Um Guy, you know, like Sean Payne, I think is another good example of, you know, building the culture and everything like that. Doug Peterson seems to have that culture ready to go, especially in the playoffs when they're, you know, devastated by injury and somehow still manage to make a run year in and year out. And I, I think with Matt Rule, you got a guy and he, he said it himself. He asks why, you know, and, and I think if you were to analyze the, the biggest part of NFL players right now, whether it's with contract negotiations running a route or calling a play it's why why are we doing this why am i getting paid this why are we doing this play and i think matt rule said the big thing right there he's like i ask why so on paper it looks like he can relate to the players now whether that's going to correlate to wins and losses we shall see but i think there's something to be said especially with him being able to to relate to his players if it's me though i only want a college coach if it's a college coach who is one, not just games, not just a locker room, not just culture. I want a guy who's won championships, personally. Mm. If, if you're going to give me a college coach, it has to be the best college coach. Now, obviously, that hasn't always worked. And, and Nick Saban and his failed experiment going to Miami and with the Dolphins. I was actually an intern in West Palm Beach when he was the coach of the Dolphins. And so we that was the one uh, training camp that I went down and covered when I was interning. Sure. And... Yeah, that didn't work out so good for him, did it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he tried to take his college philosophy down there. So, I don't know. If you're giving me a guy like Dabo Sweeney, who has not only proven it when it comes to the culture and the recruiting and all that stuff, but actually won championships, mm. I put a lot more stock in that, personally, to where I want, if I'm getting a college coach, I want a guy who's who's won championships. Well, and I'm going to be honest. You know, I mean, there's a reason why I talk on the radio. I don't have a front office job in the NFL, because... I don't know what it takes. I mean, if you're to tell me which coach in the NCAA right now most translates to the NFL, I think I would say Nick Saban, obviously, you know, because he reminds me of that kind of that Bill Belichick. I mean, it's his way or the highway, and he's almost like a king in Alabama. I'll tell you a quick story of just how famous Nick Saban is. So you were there with me last year at the Super Bowl. We ran into Deontay Wilder. Mm -hmm. Deontay Wilder, heavyweight champion of the world right now, one of the baddest men on the planet, a heavyweight boxer, really promising guy. He wanted a chance to go talk to Nick Saban and the Alabama football team. Now, this was about two years ago. He had the belt at the time, but he was still kind of an unknown guy, kind of coming up the ranks a little bit. And, you know, I mean, obviously he's an Alabama dude. He's a football guy. He wanted to go talk to the team, work out in the facility, and things like that. Guess what Saban said? Nope. Nah. And now this was two years ago. Now let's right. fast forward. All of a sudden he starts having these big name fights. Um, you know, he, he goes with Tyson Fury. They have a draw. And now he's like this household name. Well, now he has the access to go train in the stadium, to go run those stairs if he wants, to go talk to the team. But there was a time three or four years ago, and I know this because I actually talked to somebody in Deontay Wilder's camp that used to spar with him, and he told me this story because they were training in Alabama. And even Wilder didn't have access to the facilities in Alabama. So it goes to show you just how much power Nick Saban has, where it's Alabama football or it's nothing. I don't care if you're world champion or not. And when I look at that, and 
yeah, there's ego involved, just like there's ego involved in the NFL. I just find it baffling that Saban couldn't make it work in Miami. Now, that that was a while ago, right? Things have changed, obviously, now. No um, one could think that if he had a second stint in the NFL, he could do better. But I'm just saying, if you analyze all the NCAA coaches right now in football, you can go the Dabo Sweeney, go with the more of the players guy, or you go with Nick Saban, who's more of just the constructed Bill Belichick type. I'd probably take Saban, but once again, no one's going to guarantee it's going to work out for you. Well, that's the thing, too, is that if you've got a college program that's humming – that's working, that's among the top five to ten in the country, why are you going to leave it? Why are you going to leave it for the volatility that comes in the NFL uh, as a head coach there where you might only have two years, three years? I know that's a seven-year contract for rule here in Carolina, but is there really such thing as a seven-year contract? No. If if he's awful after three years, they're going to fire him. That's how that works. Mm -hmm. If you're a college coach and you've got the recruiting machine rolling, you've got all these great five stars coming in, you're you know, beating up on cupcakes and winning your conference and making it to the playoff every year, you're probably going to stay. So uh, as I kind of uh, you know, think about it in my head, I'm like, yeah, I guess you're probably not going to get the, the cream of the crop when it comes to the college coaches because why would they leave? Absolutely. Why, and, and especially when you consider how the pay gap has has tightened. You know, there, It's not as crazy as it used to be to, to get the same amount in college as you're getting in the NFL. NFL used to... The coaches used to get so much more money than they did in the college game. But now, considering how much money in college sports there is, that's not going to the players, mm-hmm. it really has, you know, narrowed that gap between those those pays. Absolutely. You know, and listen, we, we start this conversation with Matt Rule. You know, and I think Mike McCarthy is going to make his press conference debut, I think, tomorrow. And, and I'm expecting more of space him out so we can well, talk yeah, about him each day. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, kind of no. helps ESPN 690 That's out right. a little bit. But, you know, obviously with Mike McCarthy, too, I see him kind of taking the Steve Jobs approach. May he rest in peace. But, you know, he's going to throw all these crazy analytic terms out there. He's going to be like, oh, I got something new for the Dallas Cowboys. Check this out. Here's a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, trend it on Twitter. Let's go. You know, and there's going to be some excitement around that. Let's be honest here. Now, with Joe Judge and the Giants, that one will be interesting. But my point point is there's excitement there's excitement in january for teams that shouldn't have excitement they're teams that didn't go to the playoffs they're teams that underachieved and all of a sudden the fan base is like you know what this matt rule guy i like it doesn't mean anything but guess what i like it this mike mccarthy guy we'll see how it goes tomorrow but you know what the analytics he's kind of changed his ways a little bit i like it and it's leaving the fans optimistic when we talk about optimism here Stuart, and you're a jaguars fan and you're seeing these press conferences, maybe you're a little bummed because you kind of have the same vanilla kind of stuff right, right now with Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. How are you feeling after all this? Yeah, you got to wonder what these, these fans are thinking. Because if you're the Jaguar fan and you're like, man, could we have had Matt Rule? Mm-hmm. Is that a guy who could have come and been our new head coach into the future? Had Shad Khan done that clean slate that a lot of people out there really wanted after this most recent disappointing season? Yeah, you gotta you gotta have that that kind of I don't know lack of buyers or more I, I don't know how you would describe it but the uh, FOMO there you go okay a little FOMO yeah uh, a little coaching FOMO for you I like that uh, fear of missing out for those of you I'm, not, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and Google that one not, yeah that's new not hip with the kids FOMO yeah you don't know that one not never heard that one it's like YOLO but FOMO I got I yeah. like it man fear of missing hey, out. hey starting 2020 off right I, I feel like it's actually like three years ago but okay all the all the people at home are like no one says that anymore Stuart. no I don't think anybody's ever said that but maybe they have maybe people, I'm just people said that coos 
Yeah, it was a big social thing, like Got it. Well, in college. That's your first mistake. It was a big social thing. Well, you see, like you see a lot Hashtags of people posting about something, and you're like, oh, I wish I was there. Like you, when when we don't go to Bonnaroo this year, and we see a bunch of people posting well, about it. Well, we'll hey, have FOMO. hey, hey, when we don't go to cruise, I'm going to Bonnaroo this year. I'm not sure what you're doing. That that's another topic for another day, or maybe later in the show if we get bored. I'm going to Bonnaroo. Not sure what you're doing over there, but I'm going. Fine, L- live I will remote. have FOMO of your photos. Well, I'm gonna wait till Brent gets back here. I'm gonna pitch him an idea of how we can do the show from Bonnaroo. We're gonna have some FOMO for the Asheville pictures we see of him. <laughs> is there foliage? I bet there's foliage up there. I'm sure there it is. Sounds like a city with is foliage. Fobo, fear of missing beer, the drinks Out? that he's gonna have. No, that's that's not how that would work. Oh, okay. No. Well, anyways, getting back on track here, we kind of teased a little bit. You know, and if you're a Jaguars fan, how are you feeling right now? Yeah. I want to ask you this question, Stuart. Are you kind of having, I guess it would be keeper's remorse, we can call it. Yeah, let's make things are up. You, I like it. Are you having keeper's remorse right now? And I want you to play the role of Shad Khan after the break here. If you had your opportunity right now, if you had your choice of anybody in the coaching realms, who are you taking and why? We'll talk about that next here on ESPN 690. You walk into a locker room, there's guys of all ages, there's guys from all different parts of the country, there's guys of all shapes and sizes, yet they come together to form a team and play the hardest game that there is to play. They play in bad weather. They play when they're injured. They play when they don't feel great. They find a way to get it done as a team. It's the greatest game that there is. Yeah, Austin Lane is about to run through a wall. The greatest game there ever is. I stole my size 15 cleats just... In the closet, just waiting for an excuse to get brought out. Just I, waiting. I got some soccer cleats. Does those work? Do those work? Soccer cleats work. I mean, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a wide receiver. <laughs> no, truthfully told. Hey, here's a fun little fact. So my time with the Bears and with the Lions, I didn't wear cleats. Like I didn't wear the, the traditional football cleats. Mm-hmm. I wore lacrosse cleats. Oh. Do you know why? I'd love to hear because they're they're softer. So like the the, the way my foot is set up, okay. I have like a pretty narrow foot. It's like obviously narrow and long. I wear a size 15, and all the shoes um, that the league offered you from Nike, they all fit like one size foot, and it was all one style of foot and didn't fit me. So actually, I got the idea from Indomitian Sue because I was in the training room one day and I noticed like, dude, are those like? Do you have your own cleats? Are those like custom cleats that you made? He's like, no, these are actually lacrosse cleats that I wear, and I'm like. What's up with that? And he's like, well, since they're lacrosse cleats, they're a little softer and they're made for cutting because, you know, there's a lot of agility involved in lacrosse. So they're a lot softer and they just feel better for him. So I tried them out. He gave me a pair, worked out for me, and then I, I was rocking lacrosse cleats for the rest of my career. Now, the team wasn't like with me and, and Sue. Like, Sue got him paid for, obviously. The, the, sure. the team got him like bundles on top of bundles of lacrosse cleats. Me, Austin Lane, you know, especially with the Bears – number 73 playing defensive end you don't have a lot of luxury at, at that number or at that position so i had to go on east bay and literally order my own cleats to play in the nfl not a big deal i probably went through about four or five pairs of them tax expense not a big deal once again yeah put it on the but the tax uh, yeah sure. but, but obviously i had to pay for my own cleats how about that yeah just because you wanted to be a lacrosse superstar just because i want to be a lacrosse superstar and the other ones hurt my feet could i be any more entitled in terms of getting free cleats that I had to turn down because they're a little too hard for my footers. I thought the receivers were the prima donnas. I know, man. Hey, those defensive ends, they'll surprise you sometime. Now, did you ever do, like, uh, pedicures? 
No, is that no, ever part no. of your routine? So because I know there's a lot of guys that do manicures and pedicures, right? So uh, you know, because everyone's got like their pre, uh, like their, their pre-game routine, right? So usually your pre-game routine it happens either on a Friday, a Friday night after practice, or it'll happen Saturday morning during the walkthrough when you're playing at home. And I would legitimately say around 50% of the team they would go get manicures and pedicures done. Um, was never my thing to tell you the truth because you know I, I think like beauty salons now from what i'm told you get like a nice little foot rub and you know kind of loosen some of the fascia up in the heel and everything like that so it actually makes you possibly perform better i don't know about that but from my perspective i i never took it upon myself to go with like rasheen mathis um to go with like you know dg to go get a, a, a pedicure and manicure no thank you have you still never done one i've never done one wow you're missing out so they're the real deal. You're, you're here to tell me I'm missing out. I'm here to tell you they are great. So do they actually like rub your feet and they, ca- they kind of work some of the soreness out or yeah. not? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the okay. really nice thing that I've found with pedicures is, yeah, they do the nails and the, the feet and whatever. Yeah. But then they give you like a really good calf massage. Oh. Like they go to town on that thing. And okay. For, for me, that's my favorite part about it. Sure. Because, you know, like on the girl, they got to actually like do stuff with the nails and make them look great and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Um <laughs> But so they got a lot of free time for the guys, so then they just work on some some massage. It's Interesting. Great. Well, and I'm not even lying. Like I seem like every single wide receiver that I came across and every single corner swore by him. Oh yeah. You know, and like I guess when I'm in the trenches, we're a little more grimy, we're a little more dirty. I'm not an offensive lineman dirty because those are the grimiest dudes of all. I don't got Tony, but you guys know. Right. But you know, defensive linemen are up there as well. So I just never had, uh, I guess, the motivation to get my my, my feet rubbed. Well, now you're in the media. We get pampered. Okay. <laughs> is that a tax expense? It, it sure is. <laughs> it helps. It helps me do my job. At work okay. Okay. To well, be to be in a great state of mind and relaxed. Well, I'm gonna keep that in mind you know and we're talking about like routines because <laughs> let's be honest man whether you're a football player professional or you work in the media i mean we're all creatures of habit yeah right so like everyone kind of had their little pre-game routine and for me i did it wasn't anything crazy like i literally especially on the road game so like that saturday after the walkthrough we have to get ready because we have like two hours three hours you know this and then we go on the plane what i would do is i would go pick up some food from someplace usually pf changs was my go-to yeah. um oh yeah super healthy by the way sure yeah uh, uh, go pick up some pf changs and then I'd have, to racks, go, right? I'd have to go hit up yep correct yeah uh yeah general south chicken and then i would go hit up my neighbor because i i needed him to tie my tie because i had no idea how to tie my tie for is the that road. right and back with like del rio and malarkey we had to wear it's, yeah, not, it's not like it is now where guys are rocking jeans, sandals, flip-flops, you name it. No, back in the days, I'm not trying to complain. I am a little bit. We had to actually wear like a three, a two-piece suit and then sometimes three-piece suit if you're Greg Jones rocking the vest and everything because sure. he could pull it off. Yeah. But, yeah, my, my biggest thing, my biggest routine had to be trying to find someone to tie my tie. Usually that was my neighbor Donovan. Shout out to my neighbor Donovan. Thanks, Donovan. Yeah. Yeah. Do Fair you, enough. Do you still uh, not know how to tie a tie? I do now, thanks you to do YouTube. Now. Yeah, yep. that's how I learned. I was about to say th- YouTube. Thanks to YouTube. In college, that's where I learned how to do it. Yeah, was on YouTube. Yeah, and I, I do a nice c- double Windsor. That's my style. Oh, to see, I, I, I think like my neck's a little bit too wide for the double Windsor, okay. so I just go with the single knot because mm-hmm. it's a little slimming. Uh, it adds to this aesthetic, if you will. Indeed. But enough of tie talk. Well, we, let's get, we are really off topic here, this, this block. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get back into Matt yeah. Rule a little bit, you know, and then and the guy that can possibly change the culture, replacing a guy that does change cultures in Ron Rivera. And before we went to, to break here, I asked you a question, and I wanted you to be Shad Khan. And I get it. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But if we look back on it now and you look at all the options available, one could think, especially with your quarterback situation, with your draft capital, 
they could have got somebody intriguing to replace Doug Marone. They didn't. Once again, hindsight's twenty twenty. But my question to you is, knowing what you know now, Stuart, or should I say Shad, who do you go after? Who do you try to pursue pending that you're not going to keep Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone? That's the tough part because if, if you're taking out both of them, then you have to find a general manager and a head coach. Correct. And if we're just talking head coaches and we were in this past offseason, Mike McCarthy would have been my guy. Okay. Just because of that, that vast amount of experience he has in the NFL and not just a you know quick bit of success, but a sustained success. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that key is that he was able to have a very successful team for a long period of time. Now, the detractors can say he only won one title with Aaron Rodgers. How did you only win one championship and not, you know. That's what everybody in the, in the entire state of Wisconsin would tell you right now. They Correct. Could call in. Yes. Correct. But where we're at right now, one championship's great. Mm-hmm. But then just to be competing for that that level and to, to, to raise your game to that point. I think that would have been a good way to go. Now, you have to find the right general manager to pair him with, and I can't think of one off the top of my head. Obviously, he doesn't have to worry about it in Dallas because Jerry Jones is going to make all those decisions for him, and that would have been a different situation than Shad Khan, where while I do think he will be more involved moving forward just because of the way things have transpired the past few years and and wanting to to get closer to the product and, and get closer to having this team win, at the same time, He's not Jerry Jones. He's he's not that guy who knows everything that's going on in the world of professional football. He's got a lot of other things going on in his life, as we all know. So it would take a, an experienced general manager to pair him with, I think, if you were to go that route. It's a good call, too, because if you look at do you keep the general manager, do you let him go? Well, we don't know what happened with Matt Rule in New York, right? Because I think that was the hotbed for Matt Rule to go. It was a guy that coached with, with the Giants before under the Tom Coughlin era. And one could think, well, if Dave Gettleman is still there, the, the GM, and a lot of people have a lot of opinions about him, who's to say that maybe Matt Rule is a little turned off from the fact that he had to work with Gettleman? Maybe New York was never on the list just because he didn't have a choice at a new general manager. He, he had to make do with what he had, hence why he went to Carolina. I think McCarthy is definitely intriguing. You know, from a perspective of, like you said, he's had arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Maybe not the best quarterback, but the most talented. Okay, yeah, I would agree. With I that. would say Tom Brady's probably the best quarterback because the Super Bowls back it up. But I think from you know the quarterback position, the most talent, Aaron Rodgers for sure. You just got to double check that. Exactly, and, and to, to have him and only win one Super Bowl, it's very telling, especially being an offensive-minded coach, right? Especially being a coach who was calling the plays for a long time in Green Bay. So. I'm not going to underestimate, though, the fact that McCarthy's going to more analytics now. That, that, that seems to be where the game is heading, and I respect that. And you can't knock the fact that he's had some time off. You know, like, w- whether it's a boss, a CEO of a company, or just an employee, anytime you get a little time off, um, because essentially you failed, right? Like, it's said to say he failed in Green Bay. That's why he was let go. So anytime you fail, you get let go, you get cut, you got to turn in your stuff. You get time to reflect a little bit, kind of time to reflect of like what I would have maybe done differently, what I got to do going forward. That's some super beneficial time. And this is what Mike McCarthy's had, in my opinion. He, he's had time to watch how the NFL is evolving, not inside the box, but outside the box looking in. And I think he's going to change away his style a little bit from that standpoint. So I think Mike McCarthy's definitely probably the most intriguing candidate, even more than Matt Rule. If it was me, and if I'm Shad Khan, I'm still going with Matt Rule because 
number one, he's a winner wherever he goes, and I like that. Number two, he's a culture builder, which I love. And number three, it is that sexy pick. And I get it. Sure, it might sell a couple more tickets, but who really cares about tickets at the end of the day, right? Because you're here to win games. If your team's not performing on the field, people are not going to come watch you play football. We've seen it this year a little bit. I mean, it's with any NFL team. The, the, that's just standard any economics. Franchise, yeah, sure. that's just standard economics. But but I think just Matt Rule brings something to the table that we maybe we haven't seen in a while or we haven't ever seen ever. You know, he's got that little bit of a swag. I think he's a guy that can work within the locker room and, like I said, build the culture. And then especially with teams like the Panthers, teams like the Redskins, and teams like the Jaguars, who have had problems with their cultures, who have had problems winning games. That's where you start, and then you build from there. Do you think the people in Phoenix are happy right now with Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury. and what he did in his first year as that? He was that this Matt Rule pick a year ago. That, yeah. That's what he was. Yeah. So, you know, to me, Kingsbury, he's still a little bit of an anomaly, right? Because I can sit here and say, I'll tell you what. get that tie. I don't like guys getting breaks Five, for, for, for for like their cell phone usage mm-hmm. right during practice. Whatever yeah. that was, to me that was a little ridiculous. But that's sure. but that's kind of the new school way of doing things. Um, I think right now the book on Kingsbury it's it's not complete yet. You know we we have one season of a sample size. I think this next season now we're going to see him implement his offense a little more and really get the personnel that he wants to use right because this is a guy who went out of his way. A guy who went out of his way to get Kyler Murray. You had a, a first-round guy on Josh Rosen that the team invested a lot, and you said, you know what? I don't care. I, I, if I'm coming to the team, I want my guy, and that's Kyler Murray. Now, I respect that. you know. And, and I was one that said, listen, if you got rid of Gardner Minshew and you brought a new coaching staff in, that's okay as long as that coaching staff knows who they want. For instance, if, if you go after Matt Rule, like, so, so say in Carolina, say Matt Rule goes to Carolina and goes, Tua. I want Tua. I, I've been studying his film all year. This is the guy that we can build around. I'm passionate about Tua Tunga Viola. Okay. I respect that then because at least, you know, you're, you're going to live and die with that pick. You're, you're going to fall on that grenade if it doesn't go right, and you're going to s- celebrate and bask in all the glory if you host a Super Bowl trophy. And I respect that. But the last thing I would want is a guy that's on the fence about something. Like, I, I wouldn't want Kingsbury to come in and be like, Josh Rosen, maybe, maybe we can make that work, maybe not. I mean, heck, even look at Chip Kelly. Like, Chip Kelly's offense the first year in the NFL that I had to play against, it wasn't fun, man. It was a game changer for sure. What did Chip Kelly do? When Michael Vick got hurt, Nick Foles came in, had a pro bowl-type year. What did Chip Kelly do? He got rid of Nick Foles. He said, you know what? I think Sam Bradford's the better quarterback. I want him. And this is after a Nick Foles pro bowl-type year. Now, did it work out for Chip Kelly? Absolutely not. (laughs) Sam Bradford? Didn't really do that well. And, and listen, I got respect for Sam Bradford, too, man. I used to train with him back in the day, prepping for the combine. I got to hold this Heisman Trophy. I wanted to take the subway. He wouldn't let me. That's another long story. We'll get into that later. But I respect Sam Bradford, man. Making but, that clipboard money. Exactly. But at the end of the day, there are coaches that live or die by their picks, and I respect that. So we'll see with, with Kyler Murray. We'll see with Kingsbury. I'll say this. Well, we'll the see with Rule, too, because yeah. the, look at the quarterback situation he's jumping into. It's, exactly. It's not a solidified one. It's got a whole lot of question marks. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about, do you keep Cam Newton or do you move on to that next level? Do you try and go with Kyle Allen, Will Greer? I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many ways you can go with it there in Charlotte. And I'm going to say this about Kingsbury real quick. You know, 
he made some decisions this year that I didn't see coming. Number one, David Johnson. Did David Johnson two or three years ago was the top back. He was the man. He could run. He could catch out of the backfield. He was the jack of all trades, master of all trades. Obliterated a fantasy season of mine when I took him the there next year. Yeah, and he and went he out in the first game of the year, yeah. and it was just just wiped out well, my team. Well, the you whole mentioned year. it. So he gets hurt, right? Yeah. So he's coming into this this past season now, and everyone's like, all right, well he's gonna be back. He's hundred percent healthy. He should be good to go. Well, what do they do? They only give him, like, half the reps. And as the season goes on, they go after Kenyon Drake. And I remember seeing that trade and thinking, like, why would they want Kenyon Drake? You got David Johnson, one of the best running backs in the league, at your disposal. Well, what did Kenyon Drake do? Kenyon Drake absolutely went off the last quarter of the season. We're talking three touchdown games. We're talking four touchdown games. And that was because Kingsbury saw something that fit his offense. Not to say David Johnson's not a good quarterback, but guess what? Maybe Kingsbury just said, you know what? He's a great running back, but he doesn't fit what I want to do. So once again, I I respect those types of moves, and I respect those types of coaches that do that. Which is one reason to err on the side of keeping a a staff in place is because you don't have to go through those growing pains, that process of weeding out the guys you don't want, bringing in the guys you do want, because these should be your guys already. Yeah. And, you know, there are question marks as to – do the Jaguars have their guys right now? Do you keep Todd Wash in that defense that he's running right now? Or do you try and find something a little bit different? And we'll see what happens with that. But uh, that that's obviously a big motivating factor for keeping the same staff because you feel pretty good about the guys that you have on this roster. Now, whether the fans do, whether the results show that you are good, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But And they haven't yeah. in the past couple of years. So we'll, we'll kind of see what, what they decide to do to, to revamp it here in this offseason. Well, and, you know, and this kind of goes back into that draft capital is huge. As oh, you it's mentioned. absolutely huge. Nine and 20. And it's funny you bring up that draft capital because this goes back to a conversation that me and Brent, I want to say, had maybe last week. And we were talking about, you know, what, what do head coaches look for? Because we were under the impression, obviously, Dallas was a very coveted position to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, quote-unquote, America's team, you know, in front of all the national media. Like, they're, they're a big-time team, right? So the Arlington Cowboys. The Arlington Cowboys. Yeah. There we go. And me, But Brent and I disagreed on one team, and that was the New York Giants. Because, in my opinion, the Giants weren't really that appealing, especially with Gettleman and that ownership. But Brent tried to convey it as, well, it's New York City. You know, it's the media. It's it's just it's Giants football. It's the G-men. And let's be honest, the, you know, the past couple of decades, they've had some success. They have won some Super Bowls and it is New York City. So one would think that's an appealing job. Well, Matt Rule sees that and was like, no, I'm going to Carolina. So I guess my question to you, Stuart, and I already kind of have my mind made up because I've, I've kind of preached it before to Brent. How much do coaches look at? You know, the bigger markets. How much do coaches look at the media and like what they can do there? Or how much of it is just, you know what? I see a project that needs a lot of my work. I can do that. I see a team that's got a lot of draft capital. I want that. Or I see a team that has a great quarterback. I want that as well. How much of it is the market and how much of it is just the team situation? I think a lot of that has to do with the personality of the coach. If you're if you're the type of coach who wants to be in that spotlight, who wants to be that guy who's on the front page, mm-hmm. you know, where you're talking about major tabloids that come out every day, like in New York or the back page in that case. Yeah. Uh, if you're that guy, then then yes, a market like that could be more appealing to you. I don't like you look at Doug Marone. Do you think he wants to be in that sort of market, or do you think he'd rather be in uh, a more laid back? Uh, relaxed kind of Jacksonville feel, sure. where you don't have. I'm trying to think how to 
how to put this without putting our media, who we are, in a negative light. The way I look at it, again, trying to think of a great way to put this, a lot of of people will consider us not to be an aggressive media. Sure. Is aggressive the right word? I would say aggressive. I think people would say that we're a little more casual. Um yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, we're not putting out these headlines like, fire him right now, like, get him out of here. Like, we're not doing that. And certainly when the time comes, those headlines do come out. Those stories do come out. And I, and then I say those things sometimes. But, but I, yeah, well, you have you say yeah. it when you have to. Yeah. I, I feel like in some of these larger markets, there's a, there's a lot more negativity towards the, the teams, a mm-hmm. lot more just bad vibes, there, you know, whereas... In my personal perspective, it's like we're covering this team. This team doing well is good for Jacksonville, and that's what we want. So sure. we want the team to do well. We don't go into it with a negative, a negative well, mindset, a negative feeling towards it. Yeah. Whereas in some of these bigger markets, you've got these people that are doing that. But of course, I mean, if you want a prime example of that story, go back to when Daniel Jones got drafted. Yeah. But the guy didn't even take a preseason snap yet. Everyone's like, "Get this kid out of here! What is he? What are the Giants doing? What is Gettleman doing? What an embarrassment to the franchise!" Well, guess what? Guy has a pretty good preseason, okay. has a pretty good first game, and all of a sudden, New York's putting out headlines: "This is the savior of the New York Giants." Yeah, that's it's. It's a very different market style, I will say that. Plus, you know, everyone up there is angry. It's so cold and it's <laughs> snowing and it's miserable. Like, this is a cold day for us. It's like 60 degrees. It's sure. beautiful outside. The sun's shining. Yeah. We live in a fantastic place. So we, we tend to be a little more positive, have a, have a good energy and vibe about us. So I think a lot of that has to come with the coaches and, and what, what they want. You know, what they want in their life. Do you want all that negativity? And that comes along with being the big market. But you also get a lot more exposure. You get a chance to do more ads and commercials. If you want to do that sort of stuff, you, you're you out there yeah. a whole lot more. Maybe in a place like, say, Jacksonville, you could focus on football, coaching, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that you really want to dig in on and worry about. So, and, and Listen, I'm going to say this. The coaches... They care about one thing, one thing only, first first, first and foremost, and that's winning ball games, right? They, they, they want to hoist that trophy. That's why they got into coaching in the first place. I don't think coaches really care of how many links are getting clicked on on social media, how, how many views are watching on their you know press conferences, how much the national media is talking coach, about Coaches them. that give breaks during practice for social media maybe are. Well, maybe a little bit, know. but you're in Arizona. You're not in New York, so enjoy that's that. True. But like one could say Adam Gase. Is he really a big fan of New York? Probably not, because everything that he does gets talked about. My, my only point is we shouldn't put so much stake into the bigger markets, right? I think everyone's on a fair playing field, and it's more about the rosters, more about the management, and more about the team than it is actually the city. More on ESPN 690 when we get back. We're going to have a tough, hardworking, competitive team. Tough to me means that each and every day, no matter how we feel, no matter what the circumstances are, we're going to come to work and we're going to do our job and get it done. I want to have a hardworking team, a team that believes in relentless preparation. I want guys that love football. I want coaches that love football, that each and every day are searching for an edge. And then I want guys who are competitive, that want to be the best. (laughs) You know what I'm laughing because we're listening to Matt Rule there, and obviously he's inspiring people. He's putting on his TED Talk. Yep. He's uh, he's putting out his best performance for all for all the Panthers fans out there. And like I hear that, and then I go directly back to Kansas City and like what Andy Reid used to give us for speeches. And believe me when I say it was nothing like that. But 
if anything, it was even more impressive because he's still got guys to play from. Like, if that was Andy Reid and he's coming to Kansas City, it'd be like, so you guys got some good barbecue uh, around this place. So what do we got here? We got uh, we got Gates Barbecue. We got uh, Oklahoma Joe's Barbecue. You know, I'm, I'm more of a brisket guy myself, but I can go for some burn ends too. So I'll probably go to Oklahoma Joe's there, stand in line for that. But uh, yeah, you know, they have to wonder: Are you more of a wet rub type of guy or a dry rub type of guy? You know, and it will just t- be talking about barbecue for the next hour. Yeah, and I will absolutely love it. And the reason why I brought that up was because guess what? He had that conversation during a meeting one time for the team, and we got in a huge debate. We're supposed to be prepping, I think, to play Green Bay preseason game number three or four, and we're talking about which place in Kansas City's got the best barbecue. That's just who Andy Reid is, though. And at the end of the day, it takes all types. But you can't deny whether you're Matt Rule, whether you're Andy Reid, you need the players to be successful. Uh, it's funny that he's saying all this stuff, and it's like, well, you're in the NFL now, so you, you can go get those guys. Yeah. You yeah, know? exactly. This is this is your your pep talk for the fans and everything. So I get it, but it, it's just funny. It's like you're not. I mean, you're recruiting some free agents, but for the most part, you you could go get these guys. This, of course, this is on you now. This is the NFL. This yeah. is the professional game. It's your it's your job to go find these guys and go get them. And we're talking about getting guys here. Joined by Action Sports, Jack Stewart Weber, Brent Martineau's on vacation for the next couple of days. So we changed the graphic this, today, by the way. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Cool. It was, nice. was that you or the? No, uh, I, I did that. It's kind of sad. You have to change your own graphic, huh? I made one for Marcel too on Friday. It just goes to show that we haven't made it quite yet on this show. Or that I'm awesome at lots of things. Good point. Jack of all trades. There we go again. Yeah. But when we're talking about your ability to go get the guys that you want, well, that's where the Jaguars stand right now. And yesterday, Brent and I got in a little conversation about do you plan for the present or do you look for the future? And when I'm talking about that, I'm referring to the draft this year. And I get it. We're still months and months away from the draft. But let's be honest here, Stuart. This may be, well, obviously it's the most important draft, I think, in Dave Caldwell's career and Doug Marone's career. First time he's had two number one picks. Exactly. But it's probably one of the most important drafts in Jaguars franchise history because a lot is riding on how well the Jaguars do in this draft. And I think if you want to debate whether you plan for the future, you plan for the present, or a little bit of both, if I'm Doug Marone, if I'm Dave Caldwell, I, I was granted a lifeline, okay? Part of me was probably thinking I probably shouldn't be here this up-and-coming season, but for whatever reason, whether it was Gardner Minshew, whether it was something that I said in the meeting at Ruth Chris, wherever else they were holding their meeting, holding court, I got the job coming back, and I've been granted another opportunity. It was on the yacht. It was on the yacht. Be well, what is that one called again? The Kismet. The Kismet, okay. Oh, it was on the Kismet. So I have that lifeline, and I have another opportunity to try to make things right for the team, for the city, for the organization. So, in my opinion, if I'm Dave, if I'm Doug, I do not care about five years down the line. I don't care about ten years down the line. All I care about is this up-and-coming draft and guys that we can go after right away, we can bring in, and they can contribute day one. Because that's what I need to survive. If, if I'm an animal in the wild, I said yesterday, it's not the biggest, it's not the smartest, it's not the best animal that survives. It's the animal that can adapt. And if I'm trying to adapt right now and win ball games, I see the Houston Texans having some success, I see the Tennessee Titans having some success, the Colts are a quarterback away, I think, from being pretty legit, I got to up my game up, and I have to up my game up right now because if I have another 6-10 and 10 season next year, I probably won't be here. So from that perspective, I'm planning this draft around, like, we have to win right now at all costs. My personal perspective on this is that the draft, the draft is 
built for you to be able to do both if you're doing it correctly. If you're doing it the right way, and one of the reasons why I would take such umbrage with that Taven Bryan pick a few years ago is if you're looking at the first and second and maybe even third rounds, you're looking at guys who are going to who can be starters on your team. Guys who can come in right away, make a difference. If you're looking at the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, that's where you get your projects. That's where you get your guys that you can mold and you can develop. Now, are there going to be guys that go in the first and second round that aren't ready to be starters? Yes, but my personal opinion, I'm not okay with doing that. I'm not okay with doing that with a player because I want those guys that I pick right away off the top of the draft to be my guys that are going to start right away or definitely make an impact. Obviously, if you're like a fourth receiver, you're not starting right away. But you know what I sure. mean? A guy who is going to have meaningful playing time on your team this year right away. Exactly. And we're talking about that. Listen, people. some people want Tua. I'm going to say this right now. If, if I see another mock draft from Mel Kuyper, from McShay, from CBS Sports, yeah, from Bleacher see, Report. You'll see tons of them. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to start canceling my subscriptions that I don't even have because they're all company uh, paid for. But I'm going to start canceling my subscriptions anyways to those websites if I keep seeing Tua going to the Jaguars. Because to me, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You're going to bring another first-round quarterback on the team. You're going to have Nick Foles and you're going to have Garner Minshew all in the same roster. And you're going to tell me that, all right, well, we can go and develop to it. We can go ahead and make him available. You know, let him get the his. The next coaching staff can develop. Him. Yeah, exactly. And that's my point, Stuart. It's like if I'm Dave Caldwell, if I'm Doug Marone, am I really looking at Tua? Am I looking at Justin Herbert? Am I trying to, quote, unquote, trade up for Joe Burrows, which would never happen? But am I looking at Joe Burrows and being like, man, this is the guy. This is the guy that we need. You're absolutely not doing that because, number one, your jobs are on the line. You do not have the luxury to plan for the future. Now, if you build a successful draft, if you put talent on the field and you win games, well, guess what? You've prepped yourself for the future anyways. And that's how I approach this whole draft, this up-and-coming season. No, I'm not going to draft Tua. No, I'm not going to draft an intriguing quarterback in the first round. There's just no way I'm going to do it because I have to win games right now. And if we look at how the draft has shaped out the past couple years of the positions that seem to be the most game-changing, because that's what I'm after right now, Stuart. I'm after game-changers at a game-changing position that can win me ball games directly. And if I look at that the past couple years, yeah, it would be nice to have a legit offensive lineman, maybe maybe a guard, maybe a tackle. But you know what? I like Drawn Taylor a lot. Um, Andrew Norwell probably sticking around now. Is he the best guard out there? Probably not. He's definitely not. I mean, he's not playing. He's not playing like he's the highest paid guard in the NFL. No but doubt. I think he's serviceable. Yep. Um, you know, AJ can. I think it's okay. Maybe one can make an argument for Cam Robinson. But I'm looking someplace else. And the two positions that I'm looking at, especially in the first round, where you have two picks, I'm looking at two positions. Number one, I'm looking at defensive tackle. More specifically, the, the, the three technique. Obviously, you can get a nose too, but no, I'm talking about a three technique. I'm talking about a guy who can come in and be a difference maker. The and one I, that'll show up on many of your mock drafts being Derek Brown. Derek Brown, and guess what, man? I love Derek yeah. Brown. Oh, yeah. I, I love Derek Brown, and I'm not sure where the defense is going to go from here, Stuart. I don't know if Todd Wash is going to be the coach going into training camp or not. My hope and what I would want to see happen is if Todd Wash is still, in fact, the defensive coordinator, I would want to see him throw some wrinkles in, just like the 49ers did this season. And if, and if you want to throw a wrinkle in on your defense, it starts with your defensive line, and it starts with the middle, and it starts with your three technique. I don't know if Calais Campbell is going to be here next season or not. To me, it doesn't really matter because, let's be honest, he's not going to play an entire game anyways. You need a guy to spell him. You have Taven Bryant, but I think he's still kind of a work in progress a little bit. He has gotten maybe a little better, but he needs to keep on progressing and progressing. 
But I want a guy that you can change the game with with Derek Brown. And I think that would be a fantastic pick at defensive tackle for the Jaguars or whoever other defensive tackle sure. that they like. Another position that I'm keying in on for sure, and it's maybe you can call it a luxury position if you want, but I really don't care. Look at the Tennessee Titans this year. All right, Derrick Henry, yeah, obviously a great running back. But A.J. Brown changed that team. You know, obviously Ryan Tannehill coming in helped out a lot too. But A.J. Brown, over a 1,000 yards receiving his first year. D.K. Metcalf changed the game in Seattle. And I was the guy that was on here saying, oh, D.K. Metcalf, he's got a slower uh, sh- shuttle run than Tom Brady did. But he's jacked. Uh, but he's jacked. I mean, yeah, sure. He can <laughs> that run, was the big he headline He can run a straight him. line, yeah. but his shuttle run was slower than Tom Brady's. I probably wouldn't take him, but guess what? Look at how D.K. Metcalf's looking right now, man. Okay? Yeah, no so from that it. perspective, if I'm keen on two positions for Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going wide receiver and defensive tackle. Yeah, we'll I want to hear your thoughts when we come back after the break. We'll definitely have a lot of time to talk about those positions here for the yeah. next few months. And, yeah, we'll we'll discuss that a little more here after the break. Cool. Sounds like a plan. More like on ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks. Whether we're playing Madden or if we're playing in the championship game, they want to be the best each and every day, not just compared to the guy across from them, though that's important. They want to be at their best. They want to be they want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. You think he wants to win lunch? <laughs> Playing men, great buzzword. I wonder if he had like a little just a cheat sheet of like terms that millennials use, like whether you're playing. Fortnite, or you're playing Night Fort. What? Apex Legends. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like he's listen. He's key into the newer generation of football player. I'm not hating the dude for it. Like I said, I want to play for him. I'm questioning hanging up my uh, microphone chops right now and getting back on my football cleats. So you're playing NCAA Football 12. Wait, Ooh. what is that? Not what they play anymore? You'd oh, be surprised. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> what was the last? What was the last year they did that? I think I was still in college, so it would have been 2009, 8? Okay. It was a while ago. Yeah. I just remember because... I remember playing as mascots. Well, here's the that thing. That was always my favorite thing to do. So playing NCAA football, obviously being in college, it's cool because they even have the FCS schools. At the time, they were referred to as 1AA schools. Mm-hmm. So if you had like the download, if you're connected to the internet, you can download all the FCS schools. Very cool. Murray State was on there. And you know how every single team on NCAA, they had the impact players. Sure. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's usually the, the, the best players, it obviously, kicker, right? Like, yeah. I mean, no. It, it, oh, okay. yeah. oh. Like, if you're playing you USC, I mean, yeah, here's Lionheart and here's Reggie Bush. I mean, right. every team's got those glowing impact players, and the, the game let you know about it. Well, and once again, I, I'm kind of making everybody upset today, whether it's um, talking about mock drafts or whatever, but hey, EA Sports, could you put a little effort into who you make the impact players for FCS schools? Because when we got the download, we downloaded Murray State. Obviously, Stuart, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little excited, right? Pre- I mean, hey, consensus preseason All-American. I mean, okay? how, how many of the guys on your team went to the NFL? Uh, three of them actually did. Okay, so, so impressive. You know? But spoiler alert, none of those guys were even on the game. <laughs> okay? Because, you know, it wasn't last names. It was numbers. Right, right, right. 97 wasn't even in the, the starting lineup. Oh, all right? It was like, on. Come on, it was like 75 and, and 83 at playing defensive end. Makes no sense whatsoever. But it kind of went to show you, like, yeah, EA Sports people are like, 
Yeah, we're not, we, no one cares about A. No I one th- cares about Murray State I think football. the intern put together Murray State's well, roster. Uh, of course. Like, yeah. They're going to focus on the USC's, sure, and they're going to yeah. focus on the, the Georgia's and the SEC schools. No one upon no one cares about except the people at Murray State. Ten, what ten Murray person State's staff to make sure the pixels, pixels on Tim Tebow matched perfectly, yeah. whereas one intern got like 10 FCS schools. Well, and then just the, the blatant disrespect when I got to the NFL. Unbelievable. And I got to Madden. And once again, I don't play Madden, so I really didn't care at that time. I was like, all right, cool. I'm in a video game. Don't really care. But of course, I was intrigued. I mean, I, I, I bought the game. Cool. Yeah. I bought the game. Well, here's Austin Lane looking a little paler than usual. No, boy. Have it rocking that milk of magnesia skin. Oh, I dear. mean, I uh, didn't even have dreads. Just, hey, had a straight up buzz <laughs> cut. I was like, they saw Wisconsin. Right. They're like, yeah, let's just throw yeah, him in there. Yeah, let's just go ahead and put him in the random Wisconsin generator yeah. and see what comes out. But eventually, then I'm getting my hair right and stuff. I don't think I ever got the tattoos, if I'm not mistaken. But you gotta get big boy in there. I know. Get the, get the big boy tattoo in there. Pete's sake. Yeah. But once again, we're getting a little sidetracked here, Stuart. I asked you well, a question. It's what we do when I fell in. <laughs> it is what we do. It's a well-known fact. Uh, I asked you a question before we went to break. I kind of shared my two cents worth of if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars and I'm Dave Caldwell, I'm Doug Marone. I'm playing for right now. I don't have time to worry about the future. Now, one would think that if you build for the present, well, then the future will benefit from that. So if I'm the Jaguars organization, assuming that you can keep Jan, um, assuming Gardner Minshew is the guy going forward, well, then I'm targeting two positions, and that's defensive tackle and that's wide receiver. What are you targeting? Those are two certainly very important positions and positions that are of need, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I think a big one for me, and I don't know if you're getting them in the first round or if you're waiting till the second round, I think it's linebacker. I think that is such a huge – I mean, you look at how it, how it all transpired by the end of the year – to where we had guys out there that were just, you're like, what? Who? Sure. Austin Kahoo? <laughs> you know, it's, wait, I know, I know in Austin, but that's yeah. not their one. Well, it's, plus it was Ion, so it's, that's yeah, right. it's whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's the weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, um, no disrespect to Austin Calitro. You did, you did your best. Oh, no, for sure. But the, the point being is that, like, the linebacker core was severely depleted by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and you knew it, it was going to be an issue when they made, I don't know if you want to call it a, I wouldn't say a panic pick, but a pick of need getting Quincy Williams last year because they kind of knew, hey, we really, really need to adjust this in case some things that we expect to transpire, transpire, and such things happen. I mean, obviously, Telvin didn't play the entire year, and it put the team in a bind, and it and it all kind of went downhill from there. So I think linebacker is a very important position to address in this draft, Uh you can address it in a few different ways, whether it be a middle linebacker and and move Miles outside, which yeah. you know he's he has you said know that how he I feel about that. He has said that he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, uh, as Miles, but yep. it's not really up well, to him. Well, and Todd Wash even said that yep. Miles Jack is a middle linebacker. So correct. Take it for how you want there. Yep. Go on. Uh, yes, correct. <laughs> um, and then I think another very important position is that offensive line. And I know we've said that we like these guys. We like. Uh, you know the the possibilities and what they can do moving forward. Um, I just think when you have Cam Robinson and what what he's gone through with that ACL injury, I think you you need to be ready. You need to have another guy ready to go in yeah. case he doesn't ever get back to that full form that he had in that first year. And, and listen, especially now in 2020, we are in now that, that is the year that we are currently 2020. in. 2020. Hello, um, you know we talk about well. 
he's a left tackle, right? So there's the risk of you're going to put a rookie guy out there at left tackle and expect him to perform right away and keep Gardner Minshew afloat. But the way the NFL is ran now, Stuart, and you've seen this firsthand, I mean, to me, the right tackle is just as important as the left tackle. Now, the left tackle obviously protects the quarterback's blind side, and then that's still the big draw, and that's why the left tackles make all the big bucks. That's why Joe Thomas was you know, so coveted, even out of college, that had one of the best left tackle careers of, uh, of any uh, offensive lineman in the entire NFL, even though he didn't play with the best quarterbacks, didn't have the best team around him. It is definitely an important position. From the Jaguars fans' perspective, from my perspective, though, especially in that first round, especially, you know, in a top 10 and a top 20 type scenario. Is that the sexy pick? And I know you're going to say it doesn't matter if it's a sexy pick or not, right, right, right. but I'm saying can a left tackle right now, can it guarantee you to win ball games? I'd rather have that left tackle at the 20 pick than the 9 pick. I'll say that, let's say that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes. And, and the thing that sticks out to me and one of the big detractors to Dave Caldwell is just how badly they missed on that Luke Jokel pick mm-hmm. all those years ago. And, and you know, we were kind of talking about it here in the last segment, and I never really got a chance to say it, but, you know, you, you talk about them getting that lifeline in that one extra year. Well, it doesn't exactly work like that with, when you're talking about a front office staff. The proof is in the pudding over the past however many years they've been here. Uh, and when you look at the first-round picks over all these years and what they're doing for this team, these are the guys you can't miss on. Mm-hmm. And they've missed on nearly every single one of the first rounders. Yeah. So it, you hate to say that the you know the hay's already in the barn, but I mean you kind of look at it that way and be like, well, this is the time when all those first rounders over that first six years of your tenure, those are supposed to be the cornerstones of your team right now, and none of them are here. Speaking of guys you can't miss on. Hey, Cornerstone. We got a Cornerstone. We got a Cornerstone uh, right here. here. Action News Jacks, John Bachman. Welcome to the studio. How are we doing today? I'm not sure what you're doing right now with that microphone. He's trying to magically turn on the microphone that Coos oh, can hit a button could, for. Oh, uh, could turn the microphone on. Fantastic. And, and we're still waiting. Yep. It's, and well, you, can hit the, you can hit the on button there in front of you there, And there's going to be a delay game. It's down there. Here comes the penalty flag. No, we cannot. The red light is there. Yeah. Kuz is back. Kuz is back. Kuz is back. He's booking tickets back was he there, on the, you know? What was he doing over there? He's Man, I, I mean, I was making a fool out of myself for at least 10 <laughs> seconds for the folks watching on camera. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was, I was trying to magically turn on my microphone. <laughs> wow. Well, we have you now. Welcome Hi, you, guys. It's good to be here. Yes. How you guys doing? All right? Oh, yeah. Doing fantastic. Just, fantastic. You know, you know us just talking about some draft talk over about five, six months away from it. I mean, that's what we do in Jacksonville, yeah. isn't it? Well, John, let's be honest. We don't have a new coach coming in to get us excited. You don't have a no new GM, GM coming in to get us excited. Yeah. You know, you don't have any big agent, free agent signings we quite yet. We do have yet. two first-round picks, though. You got two first-round picks. But I tell you what, we got, what else we got? We got Gardner Minshew to get us excited. We have... I, listen... That RV video, everybody's seen it a hundred times by now, yeah. and I'm telling you what, if that doesn't make you want him to be our quarterback for decades <laughs> plus, I mean, the guy is, he's already a legend. Yeah. He is a legend in Jacksonville already, and he's been here a season. I don't know what the future holds. I just hope he's able to keep playing like he's played, and we can keep riding the Minshew 
train. John, let me ask you Because it's a crazy train. Well, it's, it's, it's definitely more of a crazy RV. train. Ozzie. It's definitely a crazy train. Let me ask you this question, uh-huh. though, John. And let's be honest. We're yes. talking about NFL fans. Right. The, the fandom, there's always some haters around. Yeah, there, right? of course. There's going to be haters sure. on every single team. Sure. And there may be a couple of haters that want to say, well, he shouldn't be in the RV traveling the countryside. He should be locked in his playbook, uh, you know, practicing yeah. with his team yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Especially yeah. a rookie going yeah. into a second season. Sure. You know, kind of being anointed the starting quarterback. Yeah. From your perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and I wouldn't necessarily call you like a, a the diehard Jags fan because you're also a Vikings fan. That's but, true. But, you know, but you you know football and everything. From your perspective, does even an inkling of it bother you that he's doing this, or would you rather see him stay home at home base and study? Not an inkling bothers me it. of this. Now, I, love it. I, I I can understand why people would say that, especially when your team is the Jags and we've struggled through this for so many years. Yeah, I totally get that, and I am 100% on board with that. However. These guys are like the rest of us. They need a week off. I, I am better after a week of vacation doing my job than I am a week before. Yeah. So That's why um, Brent's on vacation right now. <laughs> Brent rarely takes vacation, does, by the way. So, yeah. he, so he needs to get away. Oh, he's got a doozy planned for this summer. So. Yeah. Well, that's true. But still, like nine nonetheless, weeks long, you'll be gone. Well, my, point is, <laughs> my point is, look, do I want him on the RV all for like the next month and a half? No. Mm-hmm. He said yeah. he's doing it for a week, right? Uh, I think or, it's a little longer than that. Okay, if I'm well, mistaken. okay, oh, well, I think he's doing it up until the Super Bowl because then he has Super Bowl obligations okay. or something like that. So he, well, that's what he's going to be doing it for a couple weeks then. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'll give him a couple weeks. Now, if it goes on past a couple weeks, then maybe I would start having concerns because it's time to, you know, you, you, it's grueling season. Obviously, you're mm-hmm. you're you're all in. Now you've got a couple weeks to just decompress, and then once you do that. Now I expect you to be all in again. Well, and here's the biggest thing, John. You know, and it's something I, I want to drive this point home. The life of an NFL player, it's it's exhausting. You know, it's it's a, obviously physical. It takes a toll on your body, but also the mental aspect, especially from the quarterback position. It's exhausting talking about it's them. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted right now. It's a lot to handle. And, you know, if you want to compare yourself to, like, so Tom Lozinski, who's one of the best strength coaches for the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, you know, he's, he's kind of world-renowned now. Like, everyone respects that dude. He's been with the Jaguars for a while. There's a reason why he's been there is because he's good at his job. And after every single season, we, you know, we have our exit interviews with the coaches with the you know with maybe with the gm with dave caldwell hopefully you're still on the team if you meet with him but then you also meet with tom lozinski milo and milo tells it to you straight he's like hey what are your plans off season yeah i might do a little family vacation here or there he's like all right great well you're off for a month i don't want you lifting weights i don't want you touching weights i don't want you doing sprints i don't want you on a treadmill you have the entire month off obviously eat smart but you know and be healthy but for the most part just enjoy your time off and that's how every single exit interview goes because you have to let your body recover. You have to let your mind recover. So I think this is fantastic what Gardner Minshew is doing. Either he's in an RV across the country or he's at home maybe playing video games, going out to the bars at night. It trip, doesn't really trip matter. Trip to Europe, whatever the yeah, thing exactly. might be. But it's going to be something. time off. Yeah. Exactly. And now, every animal player does that. So The only thing I would say is I'm not sure how healthy he'll be eating in an RV for two weeks. <laughs> you just bought, you I a, mean, you know, within reason. You bring a nutritionist with you and you bring your wide receivers and you got Road Rules Jaguars edition oh wow. like oh, now you're, see, this could be something for next year now you see that that's planning this was just i get the sense that this was just sort of uh, thrown together it, it happened and let's it was it was it. an opportunity let's yeah. do it and i think it's great i mean yeah. i, I would have loved to have been able to do it 
Well, John, some point. last night you were on Twitter. Yeah, you, I can't claim this you, idea, by the way. Okay, it wasn't your idea, yeah, yeah. But, but, but you tweeted me at it, and I'll be honest, I was sleeping, I think it was like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I was definitely in bed, not you on Twitter. You were watching Action News Jax at 11? Hey, Come man, on, I Austin. DVR, hey, I DVR for the, for the morning. Oh, well, how okay, can you start right. my morning? No, he doesn't. No, I start he doesn't. my morning with a little Action News Jax. Uh, <laughs> we have a morning show for this. We have a morning show for this. John Bachman, man. No, no, no. I'm not going to start my morning with somebody else. No offense to the the great staff of Action News Jacks. We I do need, have one. I need morning, John yeah. Bachman as my you know vitamin B12 to get me going in the morning. <laughs> so I, that's why I DVR it. I love it. But You're I, my hype man. I like yeah, it. exactly, man. Just go ahead and hire me out if you want. But, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But John brought this to my attention a little bit, you yeah. know. And, and John and I are both music guys. Stuart, I'm sure you like music too. Cruz, I've heard of it. Yes. Cruz, you've heard of music because you work in the in, in the music genres of the radio show with Ape and everything. And while Brent's gone, who's the only anti-music person Brent's in the gone, building, so we can kind of do whatever we want right. here. But uh, we kind of brought it to our attention of what would be on Gardner Minshew's RV playlist here. And John, you're, you're a big music guy. This was your kind of idea. It wasn't your yeah. idea, but you brought yeah. it to my attention. Yeah, definitely not my idea. Can't so, claim it. So I, I have 10 songs here. Okay, good. I don't know yeah. how many songs you got. So I, I don't know how many songs you have. I have one. Okay, that's oh, fine. Our, wow. Now that, I mean, to, to, to narrow it down to one song that's is, a, is actually really <laughs> impressive. Hey, you're either really lazy or you spend a lot of time on this. I see yeah. that you guys would have 10, so I just have one. Okay, All right, well, fair John, enough. before we go to break here yeah. real quick, who's hopefully you can extend us a little bit here. I, I want to hear your 10 songs okay. real quick. Of what would be, and this isn't necessarily what's on your playlist. It could be what's on your, your playlist at all, but what do you think is on Gardner Minshew's I, playlist? I went at it that way yeah, because yeah. I went at it from what is on Minshew Magic's playlist. Yes. Now, I'll be honest, I don't know the man. Sure. But I'm I went with the Jorts yep. feeling. Yeah. So okay. with that, I didn't even narrow it down. I just said any Leonard Skinner song <laughs> in their book. Off any of them. Start. Yeah. Any of them. Yeah. The, the, the entire catalog. The entire catalog twice. Well, okay. Curtis Lowe in there. Yeah. We yes. got some good songs yes. to, to pick from. Then that. I said, you know what else? Running Down a Dream by Tom Petty. Oh, I like that good. one. That just had that that oh, it's Florida Man vibe. It's, it's Americana right there. Right. Then I went with. The LSU, the the Louisiana roots, and I went with calling Baton Rouge. Okay, that, that was Garth Brooks. For Brent's going sure. on in the yeah. chat right That's now. For Brent. Yep. Yes, and uh, and then I went. I, I did actually tweet these already, but I went Thank with. Thank you, Cruz, by the way. For I know John doesn't hear it, but oh nice, yeah, what, what are we playing right now? We're playing Run Down the Drink. Nice, yeah, we gotta go awesome. Yeah. TP, local boy. I love yeah. it. Well done. R.I.P. Tom Petty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I did tweet these yesterday, but turn the page by either Seeger or Mel- uh, Metallica. Oh, sure. interesting. Yes, because I can see him rocking to both versions, because I do. Yeah, here's a real question. Which version's better? God. I'm putting you on the spot right now. It depends. Can I answer it like I always answer it? It depends. Politician. I mean, I feel this, like you're kind of on the fence right now a little I, bit. This, I am on the fence. Okay, okay. It's like picking two of my, which is my favorite <laughs> child. I can't pick that. But here's the deal. You know which one. No, I don't. Yeah, because yeah. no, because Seeger. No, not the song, the child. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe, but that's okay. another story. Yeah. Seeger, I mean, come on, it yeah. is one of the best songs of all time. Sure. And for a lot of reasons, it's great. But 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 Metallica's version, there's just that little James edge. Hetfield's there's a little edge yeah. on that thing, mm-hmm. and it makes you a little more like, come at me, bro. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just a little more like that. So for sure. I like them both. I can't okay. pick. Okay. All right. Um, and then on the road again by Willie, oh, of yeah. course. Stand that's like a, that's like a that's yeah. like low hanging fruit. Sure. It's a classic. Um, and then the only other one I picked. Uh, oh, there's two random ones that I think you'll find a little more. Well, not random. A great day by Travis Tritt. I had to go with okay. one of my Travis Tritt songs. Sun's still shining when Tritt. you close your eyes. That's right. Yep. You got it. 
That's just a, you know, I could see him being a real positive kind of, you know. Is it just me or does he kind of resemble like a young Travis Tritt a little I bit? Can, I, I can see a little bit of that. That yeah. like Al Borland maybe. Yeah, I, don't I know. like yeah. that. Yeah. I like I didn't that. see the Al Borland comparison uh, on oh, Twitter. I, I haven't seen it. It was on Twitter the other nice. day. Really? Oh, there's yeah. a, there's actually a comparison? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, Travis, maybe not so much, but I can see a little bit of that. Right. Some good quality facial hair there sure. for sure. I like it. And then finally, a little bit out of the out of the right field on this one, but I'm going with "It's Still Rock and Roll to Me" by Billy Joel. Okay, not okay. exactly a northeasterner kind of guy from Minshew, but yeah. you know, there's that kind of bluesy sort of rock and roll feel to it. So I like it. I'm going with that. How about oh, that? I don't know if that's ten or not. I ran out of time. I think that was, was enough. 10. Close that was enough. Good. Well, speaking yeah. out Stuart's of time, like, spare me. Well, I got no more time. Well, I'm pretty sure Kuth played out the, the outro music for us a long time ago with the Tom that Petty just, song. That, that was or, just, no, that was our music for the... the I gave Kuth a heads up. Oh, that was music. Okay, so do we still have some time for me to go, or do we... Oh, yeah. uh, all right, all right yeah, cool. go ahead. All right, all right. All right, I'll go real quick then. And then at some point, John might mention the news. Yeah, for at sure. Some point, well, we're having possible. fun right now, right? Um, So the song we played yesterday, John, I have to go Soul Ride by Foghat. Oh, yeah, of course. Vintage Yeah, of course. You have to go Bob Seger. Yes. You do. For me personally, I'm going night moves. Okay. okay. I okay. like night moves, especially if you're driving and at night. The RV is rocking. Don't that's, come that's what I'm saying, Especially Mitch's personality. <laughs> I'm going night moves all day. I love it. Uh, the, the next one's it's a little bit of a curveball, but I think Mitch is down with it. I think we're going Tupac California Love. Oh, nice. Shake it. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. I like yeah. that. Yeah. That yeah, reminds Tupac. me, Doctor, uh, not Doctor, who, uh, uh, Stoop Dogs, yep. California. Oh yeah, I yeah, can yeah, see yeah, that yeah. one too. Well, and it's funny because like you know the there, end of the there's trip. the East yes. Coast, West on, Coast kind of thing. Yes. And like for me, like the East Coast is more about like getting your mind right to like go fight somebody, and the West Coast was more of just like hanging back and partying, and catching chilling, some so. waves. Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, fourth one. Gotta go with my man, Drew Springsteen. You know nice. what I'm saying? Born, <laughs> born to run. Get yeah. born to run. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Uh, next one, Steppenwolf, Magic Carpet Ride. Yes, yes. Yep. I mean, yes. These, these are all go-tos, let's yeah. be honest here. Uh, next one, Sammy Hagar, Heavy Metal. No, no, I can't drive 55. No, no. see, that that was the obvious one. Yes. And, like, sometimes Garden Mitchell can kind of surprise you a little yes. bit. Next he, level. He can improvise. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure. going yes. Heavy Metal. I like that. I like okay. that. Sammy's uh, a good pick. I can see Minshew and Sammy. Yeah. Coexisting. Yes. Uh, next one I'm going just because it's like in every single montage video of traveling, so I assume Minch would probably use this for his Instagram stories. I'm going home by Edward Sharper and the Magnetic Zeros. Oh. Not sure if you've ever heard of that song I, or not. I haven't, I don't think. Home is sh- wherever I'm with you. Yeah, it's okay. All right. It's, that's, it's a that's good that's a deep traveling cut. song. I like deep that. Cuts. I'm gonna have to go yeah. look that one up. Uh two more. We got Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> not sure what that song is even about, but I know there's driving involved and I and I feel like there's some adult <laughs> situations happening in that song. I mean, dude, that song's from like my grade school years, I've never actually read, read the lyrics, but I feel like there's a lot of All right. a lot of adult situations happening. John, can you back me up? <laughs> I'm joking on you. You're killing John. Gardner Mitchell's not rocking Tracy Chapman. That is one of no, not at all. Are you kidding no, me? No, no, oh, no. We, we gotta hit him no. up. We gotta hit him up and find Gardner, out. Gardner, when you're listening to this uh, later at a date uh, from online, wherever yeah. you can, uh, I'm sure there's many places. Yeah. I know there are because yeah. Brent tells me every night. Yeah. But uh, when when Gardner's listening. To this, we need to find out. John, guess what? The next time I interview him, I'm like, all right, so the, the, that pass right there, what happened? Fantastic. Okay, so Tracy tra- 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 Chapman, fast car, your thoughts. There you go. Just out of the blue. See, we'll see what happens. So you don't think he's listening to that song? I, I would guess no, but I could oh, be wrong. Oh, man. I'm not, you I mean, Tracy Chapman, fast car, right? I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, wow. he doesn't, Stuart doesn't know, but Stuart's not, well, he's, you know, a little younger than we are. All right. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring that song so, up before we exit out here. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you know this song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I just didn't know the, the title uh, of it. The, 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 this is a tra- oh, come on. It's not a traffic song? This doesn't Gardner mix you? Are you kidding me? Maybe if you're driving in a school zone. This is, this is a traffic song. And then once again, I'm not sure what the song's about. Adult situations, I think. Okay. All right. Good. What's the last one? Right, last one? The last one is the only good Eagles song, in my opinion, and Ooh. I think it's in Gardner Mitchell's opinion, too, and Ooh. that's uh, In the City. Wow. Yeah, I said it. And this, this is more wow. me taking a stand on the yeah, Eagles. No, yes, I, it is. I, 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 this isn't about Gardner Minshew anymore. That's like a this backhanded compliment. You kind of brought him up only to shoot no, him down. It's, it's the only good Eagles song in my in my category and in my uh, CD booklet, hmm. and that is In the City by the Eagles. Wow. No, that, not Hotel California. I don't like that song. Okay. All right. I mean, you're entitled to your opinions. Well, here, speaking of opinions, you have one song. Yeah, my one song. Your, because... your entire playlist revolves around one song. Uh, I mean... I can give you a couple more songs if you want, but, but there's the, a lot of riding on the song. I mean, the the main song is "Riders on the Storm" by the Doors because oh, it's gonna rain. I'm not, I'm not mad oh, about that. It's no. gonna rain at some point on that drive, and that's when you click play on that special I little like side. That. I like that because I can see Gardner rocking some Doors now. I'm not gonna lie, I can't hit on that one. That was a great pick. It, that's a, a great really pick solid and, pick. Yeah. And really, if you're if you're looking to me for more songs, you just go to anything on the Forrest Gump soundtrack <laughs> when he's running. You know, All I mean, right. there's just yep. a solid stream of beautiful songs that would work great for a road trip in an RV. Fantastic. When you're on I-10, headed toward Route 66. I'm telling you, man. You're just, Our west. I, I just kept running. Well, just this has been the conclusion of our uh, okay. music playlist well, tweet, talk here on our podcast. Tweet Austin some uh, some of your suggestions out there, folks. And, and you tweet me, too, of course, at Bachman yeah. A and Jax. I'd love to hear it. I'm sure there's a an enormous list. And I would love... For Garner to weigh in at some point, because we're all dying to know. Yeah. I mean, he may throw another What's curveball. On the playlist? Maybe it's nothing but Tracy Chapman all the way Dude, out west. I think he likes Tracy Chapman. I can't wait to get to the bottom <clears throat> of this gonna, one. He's gonna throw a da baby in there, and everyone's gonna be so confused. Oh, I'm gonna be so disappointed if that's the case. Uh, they're all right, actually. John, you got some news for us I coming have, up? I have a lot of news. That's a news. heart that is a very that, difficult that transition about da baby <laughs> and Tracy right. Chapman. Very, uh, very. Let, let me let me ease into some of the harder stuff we have today by saying somebody backed into a hotel in St. Augustine, and this oh, is like geez. the second or third time this has happened in a couple of weeks, sure. uh, where they've backed into a building anyway. We don't know exactly how bad the damage is. We have a crew on the way down, so I don't know if it was really all that bad or not. But anytime you hit a building in St. Augustine, you have the potential of destroying a lot of history there, obviously. Um, so we're checking that out. Um, that transitions into a, a sadder story where last night, late last night. A ten-year-old was killed in a bad crash on I-10. A semi truck went the wrong way on I-10 and uh, hit a minivan, and a ten-year-old killed. And there's going to be a vigil tonight, and you know this outpouring of support for the ten-year-old boy's mom um, at their church. So we're covering that that story as well, and of course the latest on Iran and um, and all those things. So we got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happening yeah, tonight. Busy, busy, world. busy day in the world of news for sure. So Action News Jacks at five on CBS 47 and Fox 30. John, thanks for coming and talk some music with us, man. Hey, it's it was always my a pleasure. pleasure. I do it all the time. Same time tomorrow? Same time tomorrow. Brent's going to be gone again, might as well. Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. Fantastic. I don't know if we're going to have a, as Maybe. good a uh, discussion tomorrow, though. Yeah, we'll see. We'll come up well, with something good. I'm going to find out Munchu likes Tracy Chapman. That, that's right. going to be the breaking news for homework, tomorrow. Homework for the next that, 24 hours. That's all the homework we'll right there. Break fun. Thanks, well, guys. When we come back, Thanks, uh, we'll be more in the sports topics, I yes. think. I think we've kind of worn our welcome with the music topics. Yeah, a little Tom Brady. If you're Tom Brady, where are you going to go play football next? Oh, good question. We'll get into it on ESPN 690. His brain is squirming like a toad. Certainly Tom's... You know, uh, 
iconic figure in this organization, and nobody respects Tom more than I do. But I respect all the other players and all the other coaches in this organization too. And so, you know, I think that everybody that is part of it um, is an important part of it. And I want to, you know, give the proper attention and communication and detail and uh, thought into my input into those decisions. But any decisions made is, a, you know, it's not an individual decision. It's there are other people involved, and so there has to be some type of communication, understanding, agreement, whatever you want to call it. Did Bill Belichick actually say anything right there? I heard his voice for a solid 20 seconds. So yeah. It almost it sounds like Muppets to me. That's pretty standard Bill Belichick This is nothing new. That's, nothing what, he, that's what he does. Yep. Of course, uh, we teased a little Tom Brady discussion. Before we get into that, uh, do want to mention somebody on one of the uh, video feeds. Coos, what video feed were they watching that they uh, popped in with that comment? Facebook. Facebook feed. So was wondering, what are these tickets that Stewart's holding? Well, you'll be happy to know that the ESPN 690 one-year anniversary show is right around the corner. It's coming up on January 17th, and it's going to be live in the Cox Media Group Performance Studio, which is uh, – a little bigger than the tiny room you see us in right now. So we're actually going to have a studio audience. Mm-hmm. We're going to have food, prizes, all sorts of fun surprises and good stuff for the fans. And this is just a giant stack of tickets. Yep. Everyone likes tickets. Basically what it's going to be is come watch Brent and I watch you have the time of our your lives while we do the show. I think I'm going to take the day off just so I could sit in the stands with them and enjoy the food and drink and uh, and yeah. frivolity. Yeah, there, there's going to be, uh, that's a good word. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people there. There's going to be mascots available. Um, I got the okay that I guess some kids can come. I, so kids are invited. If you want to get a picture with the mascot, you have to have a ticket though. Obviously, sure. We don't just let in anybody. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be a live show. We're gonna play some games, meet some of the fans. So it should be a pretty cool scene happening here uh, at ESPN 690 Studios. A little something different. I like a little, it. A little something different. And we also got some pretty good response to on my Twitter about okay. what would be on Gardner Minshew's playlist. Uh, Duval Kid comes out with Almond Brothers. Yes, the yep. Doors. Stewart. Yep, no doubt. Props to you. Uh, Outlaws and Steely Dan. Truth be told, Steely Dan, Ruin in the Years, was my 11th song that I had on that list. Okay. Uh, only because Honorable mention. Honorable mention because Jimmy Page, the great Jimmy Page, said that that lick uh, from Ruin in the Years is one of his ba- very favorite guitar licks of all time. So props to Steely Dan. Yeah. So now we're going to shift topics a little bit. <laughs> I didn't have a segue. I don't you know. You don't know who Steely Dan is, do I you? Do know, I do know Steely Name Dan. Name one song from them. The one you just said. What was that? I don't know. Okay. Hey, okay. you don't have to lie to try to impress me. I know who Steely me. Dan is, but I if don't you know, know the name of the Dan, If you can't sing me a Steely Dan song, it's okay, man. I don't think anything different of you. Look, I don't know names of musicians. Mm-hmm. I know what music is, though. And uh, I know what good music good, is. Good. I've heard of Steely Dan. Is Steely Dan good music in your opinion? Yes. Okay. I like. It. Then, but that works. Am that I works. Good? Are we good? Like Brent wouldn't even know who that is. No, I don't know. See, like there you go. This there's, isn't ruin of the years, but it's not coos. bad. Yep. It's not bad. It's like Coos works at our music station or something. No kidding. I don't know. It's crazy how that works. But so before we went to break, you actually brought up. Uh, you know, the, the, this guy that's all around some quarterback, the media, this, this quarterback, quarterback here living uh, the best of lives, let's just say. And that guy is Tom Brady. Tom. And what did you ask? Did that's, you ask a question about Tom Brady or not? I, I mean, I think we just kind of brought it up as a tease. Okay. 
to well, say, where, what's he doing? Yeah. What, what is Tom doing? What's thinking? What is Tom thinking? What's going through his mind right well, now? Well, and here's the cool part of the show. Where we can actually put ourselves in Tom Brady's shoes, you know? All would of a sudden, they be lacrosse shoes or no, the, football the, shoes? No, the, they would be Under Armour shoes, I assume. I think he's still with Under Armour. Um, so they'd be Under Armour cleats. You would wake up next to Giselle every single day. You'd probably eat a lot of avocado ice cream. I'm not sure if you do carbs or not. I'm not sure if you even do sugar or not. Yeah. That sounds a little miserable. That sounds awful. But you know what? You wake up a Super Bowl champion. Um, six time. Yeah, I guess. Six time. Yeah. Super Bowl champion. So from that perspective. When he retires, does he like move to other ice creams or does he stick with this regiment you think you know it's hard to say story because i've never had avocado ice cream it's just, so it, it sounds if it's I like, good then I'm i like avocados yeah sure. i like ice cream sure but i don't know if i'd like them together no do you like your avocados horrible. cold like have you ever had like guac that's cold i mean i, I guess um yeah. yeah i've had a cold i'm more of a room temperature guy myself it but. has been it has been a solid 12 hours since i've had guacamole so i mean oh, wow. it's really hard to You're come addicted. up with these no we had a we had it yesterday okay it's good but from the perspective of Tom Brady and a guy who is accustomed to winning, a guy yeah. who has helped mold the Patriots into the dynasty that they are today, assuming that you don't want to come back to New England, which I think it's a big assumption, obviously, but if you're Tom Brady, do you go back to New England? Yes. Do you want to go someplace else? What is the best fit for you right now if you are Tom Brady, Stuart Weber? I think it has to be New England. I don't, I, it's just... And I know that so many great quarterbacks and, and players for that matter over the years have, you know, made these Hall of Fame careers and obviously he's the first ballot Hall of Famer, have had these careers and then gone off and, and fit, you know, went off into the sunset with that one year somewhere else and that, you know, in a uniform you would never expect to see them in kind of deal. For sure. But I, I feel like if you have the opportunity to not do that, why, why wouldn't you just do, you know, you say, hey, this is, this is it. This is the one more year with the Patriots. You you let the Patriots come up with the, your secession plan, your backup guy, you know, the guy who who you're going to groom to be your next guy. Problem is is that they keep picking so late in the draft that it can't get that that guy or they keep him too long and Brady keeps playing that they have to trade him away. Garoppolo, Jimmy G, Brissett, yep. you know, all these different guys over the years. I just think that you're not going to find a head coach that you work as well with and a community that is going to revere you. Now, granted, any community you go to is is going to just be over the moon about Tom Brady coming to play for their team and be their savior and all that. But I, I just don't feel like there's a better situation for him than New England. You know, it's funny because we talk about situations. Well, yes, the culture, obviously, nothing beats the Patriots. The head coaching Nothing beats the Patriots. I think the ownership, I think Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, they have a fantastic relationship. So nothing beats that. So those three things right there would be all, you know, pros for Tom Brady to stay. And if I'm Tom Brady, I seriously consider that. But let's just have some fun and say, you know what? I'm Tom Brady, and I'm sick and tired of people comparing me to Bill Belichick, you know, saying that we don't have the championships without Bill Belichick. Yes, I am Tom Brady. I I am the, the leader of the Patriots. But let's be honest, when he goes into Canton, when he's talked about in the, in the scriptures of NFL history, Bill Belichick will always be next to him. Yeah. Okay, And I think from an ego perspective, which Tom Brady definitely has, um, I think from that perspective, one would think, well, does he want to be associated with Belichick his entire career? Does he want to branch out, prove the haters wrong and say, you know what? <clears throat> 
I can win anywhere. I'm that good of a quarterback. I can win without Belichick. It's I'm the reason why the Patriots won so much. I don't know if he thinks like that or not. I, I think it's intriguing to him, yeah. right? I think it's intriguing to anybody at that position, the quarterback position. So if I'm Tom Brady and I'm analyzing my, my options, like I said, the culture's in place, coach is in place, the, the owner's definitely in place, cool. But do you have the talent around you to be great? Because at the end of the day, the coaches can't play for you. The culture can't even play for you. Now, the culture can implement how good a team can be, but the culture can't play for you. The owner obviously can't play for you. The only guys that have your back on the field are your teammates. And we saw this year Tom Brady regress a little bit because, number one, the receiving core was banged up pretty much the entire season. Number two, you didn't have Gronk at the tight end position. Even last year when he was on the back nine of his career, teams still had the game plan for him. It still opened a lot of things up. And they go after Benjamin Watson, and that didn't pay out for him. And then number three, the running game was not there either. And... I was I was intrigued this year by the Patriots. I had, I had him going to the Super Bowl. I had him losing to the Saints. That really panned out well for me. Um, but I was so intrigued this year by the Patriots because I felt like they had a guy in Sony Michelle who was going to be the game changer in the run game. Yeah. Who's gonna they're going to be a run first team, open the play action up, and that's where Tom Brady can beat you. That wasn't that though. They couldn't run the ball that well. James White comes in. They throw the balls to him. They throw the balls to Julian Edelman. But Tom Brady had nothing around him. So if I'm nothing Tom, around him, but he still threw for four thousand sure, yards, sure, but, twenty-four and eight. Yeah, but but, but it's evident though. You know, oh, yeah, watch any game like he he they they're, they're bleeding right now, and, and I get it. Uh, their first round pick Harry out of Arizona State, he was banged up this year. One would think he's gonna have a better season next year. But if I'm Tom Brady, I don't have a lot of time to wait and develop players. I have to win right now with the talent that I that I, that's around me. So if I'm looking at the talent that's around me at the offensive side of the ball, really there's. Five teams, to me, that I would consider going to to try to make another run in the Super Bowl and to try to prove to people that I'm the reason why the Patriots are so good, not Bill Belichick. And those teams are the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans, the the Chargers, and maybe the Denver Broncos. But that's more of a Peyton Manning thing, right? I hate that two of those are in our division. <laughs> I know, exactly, right? That'll break your heart real quick. Yeah. But I honestly think if I'm Tom Brady yeah. and, I'm, and I'm weighing my options of those teams that I just named, I'm looking at L.A. I'm looking at L.A. very hard, the Chargers. Yeah. Think about Depending this, Depending on what they do with Phillip Rivers. Well, th- think about this. Yeah. They're opening up a new stadium, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're getting this new state-of-the-art thing in California, this new stadium. Hopefully, they're going to sell it out. You know, there's a lot of hype around that, okay? Number two, you got an offense that's very dynamic. You have Austin Eckler, who is, in my opinion, one of the best running backs in the league. You have maybe Melvin Gordon, but even if you lose Melvin Gordon, I think Eckler is going to be serviceable um, at the very least. Especially as a quarterback that likes to use the running back in the past of course. Yeah. You, you you have uh, Hunter Henry, who I think will be a free agent, but they could bring him back on as well. And guess what? Tom Brady, he loves his big tight ends. Man, does he love his big tight ends. You have Keenan Allen, who's like that slot guy who can do kind of the jack-of-all-trades, a la Julian Edelman. And, and, final, and last but not least, you got Mike Williams, who can take the absolute top off, who that, which was missing this year from the Patriots roster. You didn't really have a guy like Chris Hogan where he could go deep, where he can make defenses play honest. No, defenses played up on the receivers. Guys can get open. Tom Brady's not mobile. You get sacked. Thanks for playing. So I think from that perspective, and I get it, the Titans are intriguing in the running game, obviously. Colts are very intriguing with their offensive line. But I think they're the team that's ready to go right now for Tom Brady. That would be, you know, the team that he could kind of usher in to a new era, if you will. The Chargers. 
It would be interesting to see, but I still feel like they'd find a way to lose those games that they always do every year. Well, I'm sure injuries would take part, right? Like, they, I'm sure. Yeah, like well, they hey, do every hey, year. Hey, and then you want to talk about curses. If you're Tom Brady oh. you go to the Chargers, you got to worry about getting cursed there, too, because it seems like they're well, top if you talent. Get cur- if you get every cursed, you just, you're just done. You just end your career because yeah, you're yeah. already at that point anyway. Sure. So it's not like he, he's worried about multiple years. I just, I just don't feel like... A lot of the discussion is, do you want to distance yourself from Belichick? And I don't know if you do. I mean, I'm I'm of the thought that it's okay to be in the same breath as this guy who has played such a pivotal role in your life uh, for the, for eternity. I got no problem with it if if it's me. I mean, I think it, to to be a part of a great duo, a great coach and quarterback duo, I think that is the epitome of what football is. It's a team sport. It's a sport about connections. It's a sport about working together. And I obviously don't know the inner motivations of a guy like Tom Brady. Sure. But that's kind of my thought process on it. No, and I understand that. I really do. But we always talk about the quarterback being a double standard type of position. Right? And usually when the game is won and you're at the Super Bowl, wherever you're playing, and you hoist that trophy up, usually it's the quarterback that hoists it up first. Right? Because he's the leader. He's the general of the team. I can't think of too many times where a quarterback has won a Super Bowl and the immediate question is, well, that's got to do with with, with with the coach. That's that's all the head coach there. I mean, the, this is and definitely... the video crews on the opposite side. Well, say what you want about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he's going to see how that plays out before he makes his choice to come back or not. Definitely got the Bengals number for years to but, come. But the, this is definitely... It's a rare case, Stuart, where... I get what you're saying, where this is a team game, right? And we see guys like with Doug Peterson, who work so close to their quarterbacks. Guys like Andy Reid. Guys like Sean McVay, who are kind of the future now of the NFL. And they all have something in common. They're all tied at the hip with the quarterback. Now, Bill Belichick isn't really an offensive-minded genius, right? He he makes his mark more on the defensive side of the ball. But people still want to you know, give Bill Belichick so much credit for Tom Brady. And I just feel like if you're Tom Brady, you want to branch out a little bit and prove, like, yeah, Bill Belichick's a great coach, but guess what? This was all about me, too. It's just, it, it's a weird predicament because, number one, we're never going to see this again, right? So this is why I selfishly want Tom Brady to stay for another five years in New England. I don't care if you hate the Patriots or not. And this isn't like the New York Yankees where you hate them because they, they kind of buy, quote-unquote, buy their teams. No, this is just a team with the New England Patriots who drafts well. They bring in, you know, good free agents, and they have the culture in place. And I, I mean, want to see that as long as possible. I'm okay with seeing a team, you know, pick a quarterback in the sixth round and him go on to do great things. I'm all right with that. Of course. Are you okay with that? I think Jacksonville okay Jaguars fans would shake their heads in agreement with you. Ah, <laughs> uh, Gardner. Yeah. Let's. I mean, I get what you're saying in that, you know, we're never going to see this again. We're never going to see this this kind of string of success, but... I think we will. I really the way the way sports works, the way things work. It's like okay, I'm I'm never gonna see another guy win seven NASCAR championships. All right, well then we saw another guy do it sure. in Dale. Then we saw another guy do it in Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson yeah. Okay, I'm never gonna see another guy win da 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 da. And then it happens, and you're you're in marvels of oh look at what LeBron James is doing. We're never gonna see that again. Well, we we probably are, and that's the great thing about sports is that you know. There is always the possibility of it happening again. As, no, for sure. as bizarre and as crazy as it seems, you know, DiMaggio's streak will probably get broken one day. 56 games with a hit in a row. It's probably going to get broken one day. Yeah. I know it, it's probably one of those top ones of a streak that's never going to get broken, but it's sports. It, it is. And, and 
So yes, I, I think we might see this again one day. Interesting. I, I'm I'm just gonna put that out. I hope we do. Well, of course, it, you know, it makes for a good storyline. And I hope we're we're alive long enough to see it. Well, that's my next question. Do we see it in our lifetime? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I, do, I'm asking you, man. You're saying it's gonna happen again. I mean, I just what feel like in our lifetime. I feel like the guy who wins Super Bowl 195 is gonna win the next seven after that too. Okay. It's gonna okay. have a good streak going. They're gonna take down the robot team from the new continent, <laughs> and it's all gonna be good. Listen, I, I I'm get getting abstract on you. I'm getting a little abstract, right. but you know, and this is where I disagree with you, man. And the reason I disagree with you because the way I look at the NFL, it's it's this entity that's always evolving and it's always changing. Is the NFL around in a hundred years? You think? Probably. I don't know. I'm not gonna be around, so why would I care? I, I mean, my son can enjoy for, it. Yeah, for your grandkids. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. And if not, it's all good, dude. I'll I'll, I'll be long gone. But when I'm talking about the, the, the future of the NFL and like what we've seen, the Patriots have always been able to do their own thing with a fra- like with the franchise when the world around them is revolving. All right, it's it's always adapting and it's always changing. But the Patriots have always been kind of stuck in the ways of how they go about things, whether it's game planning, whether it's cheating, you can say that, but whether it's game planning, whether it's their defense, like, yes, they adapt here and there, but they always have the same fundamental building blocks. Well, teams every single year, they have new philosophies. They have new schemes. They have new calls, and it's a copycat league. Well, no one's been able to copycat the New England Patriots because they're just the outlier. And I have a hard time believing, especially now with the analytics, with your ability to have all this information at your fingertips, where a team is going to be so successful where they can just crank out, you know, 10 Super Bowl appearances in a couple decades. I I just, I cannot see that happening because with the implementation of the salary cap, where obviously you can't get an advantage there, with the implementation of just the, the, the constant changing schemes of teams trying to always outdo themselves, and with implementation of the ego now of the NFL player where it's like, hey, I'm all for loyalty, but I want to make some money. And if you guys don't pay me, I'm going someplace else, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that that whole thing of the, the hometown discount. Trying to keep guys has yeah, become more that, and more difficult. That, that whole thing of buying into the culture, that stuff's gone now, Stuart. Yeah. It, it, it's gone. I think the Patriots are the last team to have that, right? They're taking in Randy Moss at a discount. They were taking in, you know, just all these players at a discount. Every because, receiver you've ever yeah, had. Yeah, because they wanted to play Patriot football. Yeah, with well, Tom Brady. With Tom Brady, of course, but also with Bill Belichick uh-huh. and that culture. When that's gone... I don't see another team just being like, oh, wow, I'm a free agent. I'm a high-priced commodity. I'm taking a pay cut so I can go play for that team. I don't, I don't think we're going to see it. And if we do see it, then so be it that I'm wrong. But I just don't see that happening, especially in my lifetime. And so because of that, you think Tom Brady's going to try and go get one more title? Absolutely. You, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Tom Brady will try to get another title. If I'm Tom Brady, I'm meeting with Robert Kraft. I'm meeting with Belichick, and I'm like, what can we do in the draft or in free agency to secure you know, another run at the Super Bowl? Because I get it. It was hard to pick against Tom Brady even this, even this during this playoff run. You because, said you had him going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, because I, I can't pick against Tom Brady, I, and I never could because he's always pro- he always proves you wrong. Well, what happened this year? They got beat, right? And they proved a lot of people right for the first time. Well, now if you're Tom Brady, you look at, I need some more weapons. Okay, Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry. You know, like, I can easily see the Patriots going after two of the best tight end free agents, getting them, and then all of a sudden, with that defense, they're they're back to where they, you know, where they should have been. Which is one of the big reasons I think he stays there. Yeah. I, I think that they do come up with the right plan, 
And you talk about guys not taking hometown discounts. Well, Tom Brady is the hometown discount guy. He is no problem. It's a good point. He's got plenty of money. Giselle's yeah. got plenty of money. No, exactly. They're good. Well, and this is a guy who's always taking the discounts. And keep yes. in mind, whether you're a fifth grader or a professional athlete, going to a new city, going to a new school, going to a new team, there's an adjustment period. And it's stressful. It sucks. No one likes doing that. And Tom Brady's got something great in New England. Why wouldn't you finish up on that and just ride out into the sunset as a Patriot? That's why I think you stay there. More All football right. talk when we come back on ESPN 690. The things, that, the things that are important to me were important to them. And that's really all I'm ever looking for is alignment. And, um, you know, the decision to, to leave here is, is a really, really hard one, you know, and one that we take very seriously. I mean, I, um, even, you know, in talking to you now, I think, you know, my, my, my gratitude towards the people of Waco and the people of, you know, Baylor University. And I mean, just the, uh, the last three years have been a special time in our lives. And so it was hard to say, hey, let's move and go do something new. Um, but I, I certainly feel like, uh, I feel like we left we left the program better than we found it, and that's always you know my goal anywhere I've been. I guess the rules have changed in Waco, Texas. I should open up the segment. Well, no. Uh, no, no, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Boo that man! What? Boo that what? man! Why? Why? Boo that man oh, for that pun! Boo you, that man! Do you know how excited the marketing departments for the Panthers and heck the Giants are? You know, the judge is in session. There's for, just, for the media? There's just so many But you, you good already have Aaron Judge in New York. Okay, well. Uh, that's, that's overkill. Another judge in the court. I don't, you know, I mean, there's just so many things you can do with sure. it. Sure, yeah. No, you I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I, I don't think and, that way, but I get it. And, like, rule with an iron fist. There's so, it's, I mean, this is, by the way, this is. A, a look this is into, what you dream about. A look into the demented uh, mind I have that just constantly thinks this way. Was well, this kind of a media thing, though, or not? Because uh, if it yes is, and, I'm yes putting in my no. two weeks' notice. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. I mean, uh, you you always want to have a headline, and you want yeah. you know, and for us in TV, you want that that super that coming up tease line yeah. where you know you you want alliteration and you want something clever and a pun. So I'm your guy for that, obviously. But. So I'm gonna be honest. I was so close to putting out this tweet, but then chose to delete it because I don't want to offend anybody in oh, the media. Okay. All right. Uh, I forgot what game this would have been, but this would have been after Garner Minshew's second win, and my tweet was. If anybody in the newspapers or media doesn't put out Gardner wins two as the title um, of your paper or whatever. Minshew wins two. Yep. Yeah, I, I was going to put Gardner wins two because it sounds like Minshew wins two. Yep. Uh, I said you're, you're an idiot if you don't do that. But yep. then obviously I deleted it because I don't want to call anybody an idiot. So I don't think you would have offended anybody. I think that would have uh, been fair game. People get offended, man. We had people <laughs> offended yesterday because I used all caps for Brent's initial stream tweet. Yep. Yeah. So I, I was going to say, I don't think you would have offended anybody that matters. Yeah. Well, and speaking of offending, I, I'm offended. And if I check my Twitter mentions real quick, oh, yeah. we, we have some great dialogue going on here between uh, you know Gardner Minshew's RV playlist. Yep. Um, fan with no name comes out and says, when I asked about, does he listen to Tracy Chapman? His response is, he also cries when it's playing. Like expletive man not the single tear nonsense full-on secures himself and his emotions weeping but the offensive one that i just can't let slide here was how did you leave off almond brothers legit 38 special also legit three doors down uh, off the playlist and it- this is hey kuz I, I don't know you can't get the camera on me i understand that so i'm going to zoom up to the camera no, you're no, not helping. No, no, hey, no. I thought you were no, 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 no,
because I can, and I'm gonna, because it's three doors down. Oh, Kuz Enough is said. doing it to you. He's cranking uh, it Kuz, up. Kuz, I'll walk out right now. Enough. <laughs> I'm actually getting upset, too. <laughs> I, I think you should be. By the way, can we call Boss Nick three doors down? Because I feel like he is, right? Is it two? Are we He's counting the one down. on the wall that's adjacent to the other door? Yeah. I mean, then listen. Yeah. Yeah, it's three doors down from our studio. I, I was a fan of the American Pie soundtrack growing up in high school. Yeah. But you know what? I ended up growing up. You grew up okay? a little, huh? I got out of it. Yeah. Okay? Not balling. Not balling. Three doors down. My opinion, okay? The, to me, they're like they're like the American version of Nickelback. And there I said it. People get offended if you want. But they're like Nickelback to me. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> if I mentioned balling a little bit. Yeah. You want to get some balling and falling? Let's do that in a second. But first, Coos, how about we uh, do a little happy hour here on a Wednesday? It is Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. <laughs> your star tenders and here comes Stockton to Malone. Oh, I like it. A locally owned tequila yeah. right here in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida. Made in tequila, Mexico, which I've been told is also beautiful. Shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita De La Huit Tequila, the smoothest tequila you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLuit.com and be sure to drink responsibly. You know, it's funny when we're getting these conversations about the quarterback position and the music that they like, because whatever team I was on, it seems like the quarterback position definitely had some eclectic music tastes. Uh, one of the very first stories I ever shared in the show was David Grard when, you know, it, it's my rookie year, we get in the locker room and there was some discrepancies of who had control the first day of training camp of the radio. Um, obviously, being the quarterback that Same he was, color, yeah. DG had yeah. it, but he puts on Zach Brown band, chicken fried, and whether it was the defensive line, whether it was the wide receiving group, everyone was just kind of like, yeah, it ain't bad, man. Like, it's amazing how one song can kind of encapsulate a team and, like, you know, just basically be like, you know what, this isn't a bad song. We'll roll with it. Blaine, it's a very Jacksonville song. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert, on the other hand. Oh, boy. So, Blaine, listen, dude, like I said, Blaine's my, my dude, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed hanging out with Blaine Gabbert. I think he's, he's a great guy. And the way it worked in the offseason for workouts was, is that we took turns with the music playlist, right? So, like, being the guy that I was, I always try to just, you know, play songs that people would be familiar with, depending who was lifting with me. Well, there was one time where it was Zach Miller, myself, and Blaine Gabbert, okay? And we go, Blaine, man, you're up, man, playlist. So, like, you think of a quarterback, it would be like, I don't know, top 40 obviously comes to mind, right? Uh, maybe some kind of rap music. Blaine Gabbert puts on his playlist in the weight room, and the very first song that comes on is Slipknot. Yeah, a little, and, a little oh yeah, I yeah, like it. We're getting well, hard there. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. talking, I'm talking old school in your oh, face, yeah. Slipknot, not like not the, the current, stuff. no, I'm talking old school Slipknot. I saw them live and, back in those days. Okay, oh, yeah. and I turn to Blaine, and I go, excuse me? Okay, Blaine. And, and he's like, oh yeah, man, Slipknot, you're not a down Slipknot? I'm like... Oh no, I am. I just didn't pick, you know, peg you for the Slipknot type sure. of guy. He's like, oh yeah, man, I, I, I'm all about Slipknot. I'm like, 
okay. You, learn, you learn new things. Yeah. yeah. And then Zach Miller also put on uh, the Weekend House of Balloons one time for our, our weight room playlist. And there's nothing more uh, strenuous than trying to squat your max of, you know, 400-something pounds, and you have the Weekend you know, just singing sweet nothings in your ear. So shout out to Zach Miller as well. Slipknot a little better then. Slipknot a little better, but once again, it was Blaine Gabbard. It was yeah, kind of a uh, wild card, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. he he was sunshine. You you picture sunshine playing Slipknot. You know, like kill everybody. You just, you just didn't do that. No, they don't match. But here we are. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's ball and fall. Go we'll, ahead, man. We'll Lead start with uh, we'll start with a little balling. Uh, for me, Bobby Rollerson, new head coach over at the beach, Fletcher High School. Hiring Bobby as uh, its new head football coach. Of course, Kevin Brown uh, retiring. Been in the school system for over 30 years. And it's time to go enjoy more time on the beach, uh, which I know he will. Uh, Kevin Brown retiring at Fletcher. So Bobby Rollerson, who was one of the assistants there this past year, and a lot of people in town know him. He's been the head coach at Bishop Kenny at Providence. A uh, well-known coach here in the Jacksonville circles. Taken over at Fletcher High School. So congrats to Coach. And good luck moving forward. I will see you on the First day of practice, I think four or five years running now, I've gone to their midnight practice to start off the season. That's awesome. uh, I will be out there again come August 1st-ish or whenever it is. Fantastic, man. Balling. My balling. Let's go a little bit of audio because the legend, the folk hero, he lives on. Seven seconds. Carmelo pulls up. Jumper. Got it. Game-winning. Guaranteed. Carmelo Anthony, man, still doing it after all these years. Is there any more of an enigma in the NBA currently or even in the past? Well, I got like Dennis Rodman and stuff like that. But, like, is there any more of just a crazy enigma in the fact that he is that folk hero type than Carmelo Anthony? It, is, it, is been a, it has been a wild year, just just the way that that whole thing has developed. And, you know, oh, is, is anyone going to give him a chance? Yeah. And, and to still be out there playing the way he is? Very impressive, Coos. Well, without a doubt. And we're talking about Carmelo Anthony. You're talking about a guy who he's all offense, right? Like he's not known for his defensive capabilities. You don't need he's, defense if you're taking a live shot in the game. He, he's not really known <laughs> for you know his driving capabilities. This is, this is just a spot up shooter who who demands the rock, and that type of style doesn't fit with a lot of NBA teams. But the teams that brings him on, whoever it is. It seems to work time after time after time again, and it's kind of built him up to be like this folk hero now. Coos, can you name anybody else that's kind of gone through this whole, I guess, transition than Carmel Anthony? I'd say there's a player actually right now okay. that uh, is on. in the NBA. I would say Dwight Howard's going through that a little bit right now. Ah, Did you see Dwight Howard's supposed to be in the slam dunk competition this year? That's a big part of it because, yeah. I mean, you, you – I mean, obviously, Orlando Magic fans know all about Dwight Howard. He was awesome. Same with Carmelo. And then kind of took a dip and bounced around the league, never really got his vibe or found his spot. Obviously, with Dwight Howard the first time with the Lakers, Mm -hmm. uh, didn't work. And then kind of ends up going back and showing that he still got it. Now he's like a folk hero to the Lakers fans and, and the Lakers team because they're they're uh, they're performing really well this year. Same with Carmelo. I mean, he ended up in the uh, on the Rockets last year. Some will say he kind of was the scapegoat of the team's struggle, and he's now found himself with the Portland Trailblazers and a uh, Trailblazers team that needed a wing, needed somebody to help him in that department, needed another shooter essentially to space the floor for him. And he comes in and and is performing well, and all the players obviously respect Carmelo, so that adds to it as well. 
Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, but a lot of people are going to come back and claim that because he hasn't won. That's my point. And you look at the people in the draft class with him, they have. Mm -hmm. uh, But I think he's still there. Awesome. All right, more in-depth NBA coverage on the Drive and Dish podcast. I just retweeted your tweet, Kuz, so, you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, with more information on the Drive and Dish podcast, if you like the NBA, the association, as many call it. I like it. Uh, Kuz, all about the NBA. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Stuart A.S. Jacks, and, heck, follow Kuz while you're there. Justin C. on the air with his fancy name. Thanks for the shout-out. Appreciate it, Stuart. Go ahead. What's your phone? Yeah. Hey, you. <laughs> no, no, hey, you don't have to shout me out. It's, it's all good, man. Okay. It's not like we're a team at or anything. A underscore train underscore 92. <sighs> good call. There you go. It's I'm also a- on the graphic for anybody watching. Oh, yeah, that's the, a good point, the too. The updated graphic. I was really and, trying to get Kuzes out there. Well, and also on the graphic, too, is the phone number, 904-362-9901. Feel free to call in with your Garner Minshew playlist, talk football, or anything else out there in the sports world right now. If anyone wants to defend it. three doors down, Austin will fight you on the radio. Yeah, and then I'll come find out where you live. And, and then he'll fight you in real life. I'll take you out to dinner. No, I'm just kidding. Quick, you're falling, Stuart, real quick. Here. My falling real quick. College football. It's too long to wait for this national championship game. I've, like, completely forgotten about it. Now, it might re-spark up here in the next couple of days, but, like, I was just thinking the other day, I had completely forgotten that we still have a national championship to play. I'm not going to lie. When I came in here on Monday, I told Kuz, should we talk about the, the playoff games? I assumed it was going to be that Monday. I yeah. forgot there was a week in between. A whole extra week. Yeah, it, it is kind of a ridiculous little oh. bit. But, I mean, hey, it gives you time to prep so you get your best teams out there, I guess. Uh, my fault, I'm going to actually hit after the break. I'm going to tease it a little bit. I'm not going to really say he's falling, but I'm going to say goodbye to a guy, and he holds a special place in my heart because he's actually the last guy I ever got in a fight with on a football field. All right. More of that next here on ESPN 690. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Burrow's year has just been phenomenal, but I think when you're looking at all the uh, things that the NFL looks for in a quarterback, the size, the arm strength, the athleticism, everything, they all tilt a little bit towards Trevor Lawrence's way. So as impressive as Joe Burrow has been this year, balling himself from probably a fourth-round draft pick all the way up to the first pick in the draft, I still, as an NFL uh, executive, would take Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback. Interesting. Phil Steele, college football analyst, draft analyst, giving uh, his thoughts on who he thinks has a better pro career mm-hmm. ahead of them, Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow. Stuart Weber here with Austin Lane, a little Action Sports Jacks Radio on ESPN 690, filling in for Brent Martineau on a little vacay off to Asheville, North Carolina. I'll be filling in today tomorrow. Marcel Robinson coming in on Friday. I like it. Yeah. Got to get done on Friday. Well, when we uh, went to break, I teased a little bit. Not going to leave the people hanging on. Um, for my fallen once again, this is the ball and fallen segment, driving this podcast. What's up? But it's not really a fallen thing. It's more of just saying, hey, happy trails. I'll see you down the road. And this okay. goes out to the, my, the, the last fight that I ever got on a practice field. And it was during a walkthrough of all things right before a game. Uh, and, I, and I'm wishing happy Fiery trails guy. and I'm wishing good luck to my former teammate, uh, Bears guard Kyle Long. All right. Um, to kind of set the scene real quick, and I've shared this story before a little bit, but we're literally, we have a game the following day. So we're at like a Saturday walkthrough right now. And I'm on the scout team. Kyle's on the first team. And 
I think I had to play it down in the three technique for whatever reason. They just needed bodies, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm the scout team. You kind of go where you're asked to go. So you know how a scout team is, Stuart. Like, it, it's, it's not really strenuous. You just go on your gap. You let the first team guy kind of push you a little bit because they're the first team guy for a reason, and you just give the look. And I took pride in that, all right? So I give the look. Kyle comes down, pushes me a little bit, whistle blows, still getting pushed. I'm still getting pushed, and I'm still getting pushed. Okay, it's been four seconds, and I'm still getting pushed. Kyle Long, I'm not sure if Coach said something to you, but you shouldn't have to push me after the whistle. So immediately, me being me at the time, I obviously I lost my temper. I lost my cool, and I go after Kyle Long. So we it starts to pushing, and then it starts to, you know, Punches being thrown, which is never a smart idea to throw punches. Not when helmets are on. When helmets are on. But, dude, that, and that's the thing, too. Coaches always say, don't be an idiot. Well, coach, I'm, I'm in a fight, man. It's human instinct. It's, it's in our animal nature. When you get in a fight, you attack the head, whether it's with the helmet or without the helmet. So me and Kyle going back and forth. Eventually, guys got to pull us back and everything like that. My position coach, Clint Hurt, at the time was with the Seahawks, now defensive end coach, comes up to me. He's like, get you know, get your ass out of practice. You're done. So like, I take off my helmet, and I throw it as far as I can across the field. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like a toddler at this point. I'm, I'm throwing a hissy fit. Kyle Long gets thrown up by Tressman as well. So, you know, we're walking off the field and everything like that. I don't say anything to Kyle Long. Uh, we get to the locker room right after that. Kyle's like, dude, that was crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's how, that's how it was. You know, like, uh, I, I respected Kyle Long because he was trying to prove a point, right? And I wasn't going to back down. And anytime those two types of personalities can come together, you're going to have a lot of those sometimes. in an NFL locker room. There absolutely is. But you know what? Uh, I'll say this about Kyle Long, man. For, for as good as he was, and yeah, I get it, injuries plagued his career a little bit. If you caught him outside of the facility, if you caught him without him wearing his helmet, wearing his jersey, you know, wearing his pads, you never would have guessed, aside from his size, that he played football because he was just that cool of an individual. You know, there's a lot more layers to Kyle Long than just football. That's why I'm not worried about him after the game because he's got so many things on his plate that he can do, man. He's going to be successful in whatever he does. But unfortunately, the injuries do happen. Um, you know, and unfortunately, father time is undefeated. And sometimes you have to walk away from the game even though you don't have the right to say, I'm done. Sometimes someone's got to tell you that you're done. And Kyle Long is looking upon himself. I don't think he's necessarily said he's going to retire, but he's taking some time off. We'll see. But I just want to say happy trails, best of luck to whatever Kyle Wong does in the future, man. It was a, it was an honor and absolute privilege uh, to play with him on the Chicago Bears. And I always say this, you know, if I if I had like a starting five of guys that I would take with me to a dark alley um, to have my back, Kyle Wong, without a doubt, is definitely on that list. So props to him, man. Coos and myself also on that list. Uh, props to Kyle Long, everybody. <laughs> you can props run faster than me. That might be a. I can or, or Stuart can. I said you can. That oh. way, when we're in that alley. Do you, you think I'm faster than you? Like you're just gonna come on and say it, huh? I think. Well, you're I think faster you are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, you kind of sound yourself short a little bit, aren't you? Are you? I don't really run that fast. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, but you play basketball nonstop. That's true, but I don't. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you're faster. Okay, I've already established dominance on Coos. I like <laughs> it. I know I'm faster than Coos. I like I it, man. No problem. Really? That. Oh yes. So it's going to happen, I guess. Short range and long range. Going, going into this no new problem. season, I guess I have to race Marcel because Marcel thinks he's faster than the 40-yard dash. Of course he does. And then you and Kuz can be like the mid-card of that event that we hold. 
Yeah, I bet mean, it'd, it'd be a I'd mop up the floor with them, but that's I, fine. I like it. I like it a lot. Stewart's talking some smack. Who's what you got to say about that? I don't really trust myself in hey, in running. Hey, I'm trying to build up an event here. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to to get a little bass in your voice and act like you can beat Stewart. Okay, don't be respectful. Be like you're gonna attack him. They call me the Usain Bolt of ESPN 690. How about that? And more of that can be heard for our press conference coming up next month as we start to hype up this 40-yard dash challenge between Action Sports Jack's employees. I do like that. I like that a lot. The 40-yard dash, by the way, going to determine a lot of futures for some college football players. I know coming into this segment, we heard from Phil Steele about Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, who obviously is not coming out this year. Jake Fromm is coming out this year. That news earlier today, the Georgia quarterback after three years saying... Time for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Surprise you at all that he's not staying for another year in Athens? He's He thinks he's ready? He thinks it's time to go on to the NFL? I, I'm not surprised, honestly. Um, I think it's kind of like the Justin Herbert effect a little bit, mm-hmm. where you could have made an argument last year for Justin Herbert to come out and maybe be the number one quarterback taken. Would have done better. Yeah, would yeah. have been a better pick. Than, he, yeah. he opts to come back you know, another year, and what happened? I think he didn't really show any improvements, if you will. I thought he kind of plateaued a little bit, um, and now no one's talking about him. Let's be honest here. Everyone's talking about either Tua, obviously Jordan uh, uh, Burroughs. Um, so... I'm not surprised at Fromm at all, honestly. You know, I mean, the only argument you can make was the fact that, well, this quarterback class could be pretty deep. Why not wait till next year to kind of set yourself apart a little bit? But let's be honest. Burroughs came out of nowhere. No, nobody had Burroughs going as a top player overall in the NFL draft before the college football season started. Nobody had Burroughs winning the Heisman Trophy before the, the before the season started. He just came out of nowhere, and he did his thing. So from uh, from Jake Fromm's perspective, I got no problem with him leaving early. Yeah, I, I think it's the right move, too. Um, DeAndre Swift, by the way, his running back, he's going. His entire offensive line, including the Reigns grad Solomon Kinley, they're all going to the NFL. So that offense is going to have a huge uh, makeover for yeah. next year. Now, granted, Kirby Smart's been recruiting his tail off the last few years and has five stars all ready to go. So we'll be interested to see. The question is, what do they do at quarterback now? With Jake Fromm gone, obviously – it, it would have been Justin Fields, but he left and went to Ohio State. And now is it going to be a guy from the, the transfer portal? Or how about an incoming freshman from Jacksonville FLA, Carson Beck? Yeah. Certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, when you're talking about the the Georgia Bulldogs next season. Well, and keep in mind too, when you're talking about Jake Fromm here, if you compare his numbers to his freshman or even junior year, his quarterback rating. It's lower. This is the lowest that he's ever played. And one could say that he kind of maybe regressed uh, in his junior season. But you got to keep in mind that the NFL draft, Stuart, and the scouts, what they evaluate, like, yes, obviously stats are important. What you put on film is important. But the quarterback position especially is where guys will go in and they'll just look at your fundamentals. They'll look at how you throw the football, your decision-making, and they'll evaluate you from there. Perfect example, Josh Allen. Josh Allen a couple years ago coming out of Wyoming. If you watched any Josh Allen games out of Wyoming, he did not knock your socks off. Now, Can't it, say I watched a lot of Wyoming. Well, I, I, I ended up watching two games because they're, they're, they're on primetime television because yeah. it was Josh Allen. Yeah. And, you know, one could say, well, he didn't have the talent around him like Jake Fromm does. But, right, Josh Allen was that big-bodied, athletic individual who showed the arm strength. So right off the get-go, regardless of the team record, regardless of Josh Allen's stats – 
teams were intrigued by him. And I, and I think Jake Fromm, you know, obviously has better stats than Josh Allen did in college, but I think teams are also intrigued by Fromm, even though maybe he didn't have the best season his junior year. Yeah, no doubt. I know we're kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit. Uh, I want to bounce back to the 40-yard dash because uh, a gauntlet uh, being thrown on Twitter here. Uh, Marcel oh tweeting. Oh, <laughs> did he really? Dear A-Train, Marcel yeah. knows he'll smoke you in the Action Sports Shacks 40-yard dash. Line it up. Words. Just you know, those are just words at the end of the day, right? Like it's cool. Smoke was in all caps, by the way. Oh, it was all caps. It's cool. And nose, nose as well. Oh, fantastic! It's cool. I can go on my cell phone. I can type words. I can use caps. I can do all that. But you know what? Actions speak louder than words, my friend. I don't gotta come out here and say that I've probably gotten five, six tenths faster since I've dropped about 40 pounds since playing football. I don't got to tell you that, but I'm going to. And I'm going to send fear down Marcel's spine a little bit because you know why? I have actions. I don't need to go on Twitter with these cheap laughs, with these cheap plugs. No. Just come meet me in the parking lot whenever. Don't do it today because I have to go train for MMA in about 30 minutes. Don't do it tomorrow because I have to do the same thing, Marcel. But let's do it soon, man. Let's get it going. He's at a uh, golf event right now. Uh Players champion Rory McIlroy in town. We'll, oh. hear, we'll hear from him a little bit later on tonight on yeah. Action Sports Shacks to plug the, C- so, the so, TV side. So essentially, he's trying to talk tough with his shirt tucked in right now. That's, his, that's what Marcel's doing. His shirt might be tucked in. He is I'm at, sure at it TPC is. Sawgrass. I'm know? sure you it gotta, is. You got to look nice over there. You can't talk tough with your shirt tucked in, Marcel. Oh, Enough geez. said. That's strong words. Write, write that down. Uh, I'm not going to, but okay. I've, I've, I've mentally written it down inside <laughs> my head. Fair enough. Does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, it Coos, works for I me. I see Coos is writing it down right now on a piece of paper. Look he should at that. be. He should be. You want to take uh, another quick break before we get to Calais, or you want to do that now, Coos? What do you think? Let's run into Calais. Yeah, let's go right there. Set it up, Stuart. Let's do it. All right, so uh, we had this great sit-down conversation with Calais Campbell, the captain, uh, you know, the defensive leader of this Jacksonville Jaguars team, and really a guy that provided some great insight on so many different topics, which, by the way, you can listen to the entire 28-minute interview on our Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 uh, YouTube page. It's also on the Action Sports Jacks Facebook page. But we've been showing little clips and bits and pieces from that interview with uh, Brent Martineau and Calais Campbell. And we continue that conversation today as we hear a little bit more from the big man, number 93. From a reflective standpoint, have you have you done this at all these three years? Signing to this deal, the coming to Jacksonville, I, you were an Arizona guy before that. I mean, oh, I was know, it I the would. right decision? Where does it rank no in terms of this experience so far? I'm not going to get you out of here yet, but so right, far these I three years in your in your life, career, all those things. Yeah, so uh, um, I reflect every year. You know, I feel like that's important uh, for growth is uh, to reflect. And, uh, you know, after my first year, I think it was a no-brainer. Everybody was like, oh, man, you're a genius, you know. And I had a lot of people trying to talk me out of coming to Jacksonville. A lot of people were like, this is a bad move. You should not, you should not go here. And, uh, and then after that first year, it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, put my foot in my mouth. You know, you're definitely uh, a lot wiser than I am in this. You know, good job. You know, and then last year happened, and it was a bad year. And they're like, well, you know, you start looking at you again like, well, maybe it was as good, you know, a, a choice. You know, but for me, like, you know, from my individual standpoint, uh, what I thought could happen, you know, what I, what I, what I saw, and, you know, what I experienced, you know, uh, and, and, that, and so I was very, very productive, very uh, successful. You know, uh, my decision to come here, you know, uh, I think it was it was a great move. You know, um, 
I had opportunities to go to some other teams that are also going through some, uh, you know, uh, some growing pains and changes. And I feel like this was the best move for me that I had available to me, you know. And um, and you know, the city has welcomed me, you know, showed me so much love. And I was just like, wow, okay, you know, this is nice to be, you know, appreciated like from the fan base, uh, you know, being involved in the community. You know, this is a community I feel like, uh, you know, like you know, they have a lot of people I want to help. You know, so I've been able to get in the community and kind of leave my mark there. And then uh, on the football field, you know, with this young group of talent, you know, I mean, I know uh, forever, you know, that, uh, you know, Unique Ngakwe, we're going to have a relationship for, for life, you know, and no matter what happens in his career, you know, I mean, that's a, that's my brother, you know, and I, and I was able to impact his, his, his life, you know, uh, Miles Jack, I was able to impact his life, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of other guys too, you know, where you can make it, I can make a difference, and that, and that was important to me. Uh, you know, uh, I, I really, I take, I take pride in trying to, you know, share knowledge and help the young guys, and uh, and then also my individual success. I mean, I've been to three straight Pro Bowls. You know, uh, I mean, that's a good feeling. You know, come here and know that okay, like if I go there, I know I can play well in that system, and to you know uh, get you know rewarded for the Pro Bowls and stuff like that. You know, that's it's a good feeling. You know, like yeah. You know, I, I feel like uh, it was a great choice. You know, I mean, I don't know the other places I had an opportunity to go into uh, if it would have been the same. You know, uh, if uh, you know, I would have had the same kind of success. I don't know, uh, but I do know that uh, I'm really happy with the decision I made to come here, and you know, I hope it's not over. I really hope I get to play here, uh, you know, for at least another year. You know, uh, but who knows? I mean, this is, uh, you know, uh, I, I like it here a lot. I know it's bigger than football for you, and I know you've impacted Denver, your your home area, Arizona, obviously for a long time as well. But that kind of uh, Larry Fitzgeralds or the Carson Palmer's throughout the year, I'm not sure that ever felt like it was your city, your team. You walk out of here yesterday after the game, and and that crowd to to greet you as you were going to your car. Uh, we see it every week uh, on the TV show at Mellow Mushroom. I mean, the way people really feel you uh, in this town, it, it's got to have that difference for you, right? I mean, you almost feel like you're the guy here. This is your team. This is your city. I mean, I know you're the mayor of Saxonville, but am I right on that? Does it feel that way to you? Maybe even more so than all those times in Arizona, the years he spent? Well, and, I mean, I did get love in Arizona. I mean, I have, you know, uh, all kinds of love, you know, and, uh, you know, that fan base was, was very good to me, you know, uh, uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is the man, though. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and it's just incredible to see that kind of love. I mean, and he deserves it. He's a you know incredible legend. Uh, just I mean, he's a guy who showed me how to to do it. You know, like and obviously we're all influenced by a young age. And I come into the NFL and I have all these dreams and aspirations. And uh, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm just I just I'm hopeful. You know, and I see a guy who's doing it the right way, and it's like, okay, let me emulate him. And uh, he's really been a, a big influence in my life, you know, and you know, come to Jacksonville and to get that Larry Fitzgerald type love here, you know, I mean, it was, it's, it's been a, a true blessing. It feels good. You know, obviously, you know, um, I, I, you know, I, I, would, I mean, I would be the same if I didn't get the love at all. Like, I, I mean, I just love playing the game of football. I love the platform it gives us. I love uh, just this is an incredible job. You know, I mean, this is really not a job, you know, uh, but it is, you know, and, and uh, it's a dream come true. I mean, since I was a kid, this is all I ever wanted to do. 
I wanted to be in the NFL. I wanted to be able to uh, play at the highest level, you know, and make a difference and be a difference maker and just, uh, you know, and be able to affect communities, you know. And that's a, it's a good feeling. And so uh, the way uh, just Jacksonville accepted me and, uh, you know, obviously you have to play well for, you know, they're not going to just love you if you don't play well. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, they want to see success, you know. But at the same time, though, you could tell, like, so many fans tell me all the time, it's like, I love what you do on the football field, but I just love who you are as a person. And it's like, man, you know, um, I just try to be myself and be the best version of myself and, uh, and be authentic and give, you know, and, and give as much as I can to the people. And uh, it, it's, it's nice to be appreciated for it. I know your family's proud of that, but dad would certainly be proud of all that, right? Yeah, my dad uh, definitely is, uh, you know, uh, probably my biggest motivation, you know, uh, uh, for this game of football and really for life. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm, you know, I've been very blessed to have had, uh, you know, incredible dad for 17 years of my life, you know, uh, but him passed away at 17, it's hard, you know, and it's hard for any, any kid, uh, you know, who has such a, a tough, you know, such a, a strong relationship, you know, with, with his father, uh, for that to be, you know, uh, kind of, you know, taken away from you in a sense, you know, but he did such a, a incredible job of, uh, of, of just, of, of living me with knowledge and, and understanding and, uh, and just a, a way of life. Uh, that, uh, you know, his legacy is strong, you know, I mean, I'm his legacy, my brothers, my, my family, like, you know, we're his legacy, and so, uh, you know, I started my foundation after, the name after him, because I wanted people to know who he is, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, he, he had flaws like any other man, but he, had, he was a man of principles and a man of, uh, of, of integrity. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just proud that uh, knowing that, uh, you know, I, I know in my heart that he'll be proud of me, you know, the man I've become and just what I stand for. And uh, that means a lot to me. And the rest of my life, you know, I'm going to try to make my dad proud. Really good stuff there with Calais Campbell, the mayor of Saxonville. Certainly one of the big offseason questions as to what does the team do? Do they keep him for that last year on the contract? That $15 million. Certainly something we will keep an eye on. Time to take one last break here on Action Sports Jacks Radio on ESPN 690. When we get back, we're going to wrap things up here on a Wednesday. Ah, stay with us. You never know what could be next. We could talk more smack talk about the 40-yard dash. The gauntlet being laid down. Marcel Robinson. Austin Lane. Pay-per-view. Get ready. Going to be a lot of fun whenever it maybe ever possibly happens. (laughs) More on that coming up next right here on ESPN 690. Well, you broke your you broke your collarbone, Coos? Pole vaulting, yeah. Wow, that's what was your uh, what was your PR? I think it was only like ten feet or something. That's what I got to. I got to about ten feet. My one year, I did it in the pole vault. Yeah, pole vault. Are you guys psychopaths or what? Isn't that kind of a dangerous thing there? Eh, can be, but yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because in track and field, it is the it's the it's the event that uses both upper and lower body. It's like most of them are one or the other. You know, you're running, it's all lower body. You're doing field events, it's mostly upper body. But uh, pole vault, you do a full sprint, and then once you uh, plant the pole in the box and you you elevate so you elevate by jumping and then you use I've your, seen it. your upper body yeah. so you get a, it's it's the most full body event was in track it, and field hey, when i watched the olympics i know <laughs> i'm just saying Anyways. i'm just saying was having it, experience see yeah. like when we were growing up for whatever reason the pole vaulters maybe it was our school just wasn't that great in that category but they were treated as if they were like the kickers or punters of the, <laughs> of the track and field team yeah. <laughs> 
That's a bummer. I mean, they're kind of off on their side. I still did like four other events though, so like that was only kind of a. I wasn't a specialist okay. like maybe Cruz well, like, was. I'll no, stay mine it. was. No, I I competed in mm. in a meet. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't they, all state. Nanny. There's, a, there's I wasn't a feather all, in your cap. I wasn't all county. I just I just showed up. Okay. My you biggest just track, had fun. My biggest track and field accomplishment is that I competed one time against Vince Wilfork in the discus. No way. Yeah, we were in the same discus event. He beat you, obviously. He threw it about three times as far as I did. <laughs> yeah. And then he threw me three times further. No. Um. That was my freshman year, his senior year, when he was at Santa Lucia's down in South Florida. So Vincent Wolfork, my connection to him, throwing the discus. I like it. Yeah, way back when. That's crazy, man. Oh, yeah. He's he's that big back then as well. Oh, yeah, he was huge. I, I was a technique guy. My biggest track claim uh, claim to fame was I ran in my senior year, got to state in the 100, 200, and the 4 by 2 and it took my 200 event because it was at a college, right? It was at a D3 school, and they had, like, the track people from the college hold the blocks, right? Yeah. So I'm in the 200 event, and there's this aesthetically pleasing I think a track runner that was holding my blocks. Sure. And instead of listening to the guy say, you know, racers ready, racers set, I my literally my back is turned. I'm trying to hit on this girl because I'm, hey, I'm going to go to college too. I'm trying to get my reps in. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm talking to this girl. Fair. Literally, like, everyone's in their stance, ready, and all of a sudden you see me go, oh, oh, dang! And like I literally go from that, go into my stance, and like just miss the fall. Like I, I fall started, and like I, I miss the complete start, and I get seventh or eighth. I get like last place because I wasn't paying attention. But it is what it is. I still had fun. <laughs> That's what do you, great. What do you do? And that's part is my mom has that on camera actually too. So we can, really, can, she, we we get, can we get that footage next time the you footage? go up there? Absolutely, man. Oh my goodness, she still has that someplace. We need that to be on Twitter. Spit my game, man. What can I say? Oh, that's terrific. Well, yeah. talking about spitting game, you know, yeah. we've been talking about this uh, this forty that needs to happen between you and Marcel Robinson, and Marcel's yeah. out there just, you know, he's. He's replying on Twitter. He's showing pictures of himself not with a shirt tucked in. Yep. That he's ready to go. Yeah. And, and listen, Stuart, all right? People are saying I'm ducking already. Okay? There's people on the interweb saying that I'm scared. Okay. Not scared. All right? I mean, Marcel Robinson is a three-time flag football champion. But you know what? And, and there's a feather in your cap, Marcel. Congratulations. I'm I'm the thing that people are going to come want to see. I'm the Floyd Mayweather of this whole card. And I will stipulate what I want done. And if it's too windy outside, if it's too slippery, I'm not running, okay? I'll tell you right now. It's got to be to my exact specifications of this 40-yard dash. Because if it's not to my liking, I'm not going to run. Just like Floyd Mayweather's not going to fight, it's not up to his standards. Did you, you know why? Because Floyd, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, he's earned that. Stuart, I've earned that, all right? When you, okay. look, when you look in the annals of 40-yard dash history. Good good word. Yeah, you, you're going to see. By the way, shout out to the 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 internet. Yep. If anyone out there is knows what I'm talking about right now. Act, a, but acting like I'm scared. I, yeah, acting like correct. I'm scared of the 40-yard dash. Acting like I didn't go to the combine in my underwear and have to run the 40-yard dash in front of everybody. Now, did I tear my hamstring after that? Yes, I absolutely did. Ran yep. the 40 once, tore my hamstring, and the rest of my drills kind of hampered from it. But you know what? I persevered. I got through. I mean, let's be honest here. In terms of the 40-yard dash set aside from the Olympics, Combine's a pretty big event, Stuart. By the way, the, if the five of us were to run a 40 today, the five being yeah. uh, you, myself, Coos, Brent, who and Marcel. Ma- makes out alive. Over under two and a half hamstrings pulled. Oh, I'm taking over all day. Over two o- and a half. O- over all day, without a doubt. Coos, what do you think? Over under two and a half. I, I'm, I'm betting there's more than two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but two and a half. What like how would half count? Like what do we count? I'm saying like three people, three it has people to be pulling three. hamstring off the bone. Yeah, 
it can be muscle for muscle. Oh, it doesn't I have to be I can see myself going off the bone. It can be. I've, I've done that. It's not yeah, fun. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Black and blue. Yeah, I'll go. I'll I'll give us the benefit of the doubt and go under. Going I think it's going to be two. All I right. think two seems fair. Okay. I pulled it in uh, in college in my conditioning class at UF. Okay. And it was the funniest thing because... <laughs> Wouldn't be bragging about that, but keep going. Well, we're doing a four-by-one. Okay, know. okay. It okay, was part okay. of the class. We were okay. doing a four-by-one four on the track. So essentially you tore it in gym class, but go on. In college, yes. In gym class. Tore hamstring in gym class. Please continue the story. In PE class, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, yeah, that's it's fine. gym class, that's, dude. That's All right. That's All right. Go on, though. Um, but it was funny because, like, the, the baseball coach offices, like, overlooked that track. Sure. And uh, and so, I don't know, it was like four or five days later, I was on crutches because that thing just completely tore. Yeah. And so I was crutching around, and I had it all wrapped up, and I was up in the press box after the baseball game, and uh, the coach at the time, Coach Mack, was like, hey, are you the one who... Uh <laughs> Who fell on the track that time? Because I was going full speed, so I just tumbled. It was bad, and I was like, "Yep, glad you saw that, coach." So the the UF baseball coach saw me just tear my hamstring oh, in that the, conditioning class. The, the legend lives on. I'm still and, and it continues to grow. The legend lives on. I what love a, it. What a time. What I love a time it, to man. be alive. I love it. I mean, listen, yeah. I, I've shared my story before. I took a little too much of that Jack 3D supplement. Oh, yeah. my, my very first NFL practice, I wanted to get a little edge. That was legal. Went to GNC. Give me the strongest stuff that you got. That's legal. They give me this thing called Jack 3D. It said take two scoops. I took about six scoops. I felt like a, I don't know, I, I felt like a man on fire. As I exited the locker room, going out to that practice field, and literally like the very second, I think it was like the second pursuit drill we ran, like the thing to open up practice. I, I mean, literally just the entire thing just tore. And then like me being so uneducated in terms of the human anatomy, I was like, ah, I might have just strained a little bit. Like, so like, oh, I'm going to stretch it. I'm going to stretch it a little bit. I'll be fine to go. Stretching, oh, no. no. Like, I just printed again and tore a little more, and it was a nightmare, man. Hamstrings and calves and all of the quad injuries. No bueno. No fun. Yeah, the, just thinking about it just makes me cringe. Yeah. Because uh, Media League Softball, I have pulled a hamstring <laughs> or two. It's going to ruin your whole what. month, man. It ruins a whole month. ruins your whole like, month. If you're working out, you can't do treadmill. You It really ruins workouts for a month. It's yeah. just... That's why I've stopped playing media league softball because of that. Good for you. Because I want to be able to run and do my you, other stuff. You, you have to know when to that's walk do, away. That's why I do bowling now. You have to know when to walk away. No hamstrings pulled in bowling yet. Don't, don't don't sell yourself short, uh, Stewart. It can happen. I mean, I, I I'm a pretty athletic bowler, but I I'm not going to do that as we. Uh, Put the bow on this fantastic show that well, we had today. And, and speaking about putting the bow on the show, yeah. real quick, you know, let's go back to the opening segment. We, we talked about Matt Rule a little bit, what he's going to bring to the table now, the excitement, um, you know, the intrigue now of the Carolina Panthers. You're talking about this in January when there shouldn't be a lot of excitement or intrigue because guess what? Your team didn't go to the playoffs. Let me ask you this, Stuart. You look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I know what you're going to say the excitement. Obviously stems from Gardner Minshew. It does. All right, that's that's where you pretty much put all your chips in that R- basket. RV and all. RV and all. Set aside from Gardner Minshew, what else are you bringing to the table for intrigue, excitement? Because the Jaguars, they don't have that coach coming through. You know, they try to change the culture. They try to put on these press conferences. What you get is what you get right now. So from the excitement standpoint, where do you stand, and what what are you taking with you going into the next season, going into OTAs, going into the spring? of intriguing besides Gardner Minshew? I mean, I'm excited about what Leonard Fournette can do in that the final year of what would be that rookie contract, uh, knowing and depending on what the team does with with that contract. I mean, guys play differently when, when it's that last year of the deal, and they know that their next contract largely is going to rely upon that. Yeah. Uh, so certainly Leonard Fournette, 
is a big part of it. Heck, DJ Chark's continued development. Uh, really excited to see what he does next year. And with that receiving core and what DJ Chark can do, just because of how, how great of a, a second year he had. Uh, it was, you know, one of the revelations of this 2019 season was him and that coming out party. I mean, shoot, it happened in week one on the, the play that killed Foles, but you know, the, <laughs> that great touchdown catch and, and he kept it going the rest of that year. So, you know, I'm excited about those things. Um, I'm excited about some of the road trips that are sure. coming up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from a personal standpoint, uh, you know, Green Bay is pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, I'm excited for that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, and just knowing some of the places that this team will get to play for me, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Because the way I look at I mean, I'm going to be there regardless of what players are there. So uh, I'm excited about the year to come, always. Yeah. And, and, I love my life. And, and I think, <laughs> fair enough, man. Yeah, I, I respect life. that. Can I, say? I respect that kind of attitude. And I think also the draft, obviously. You yeah, know, the, the, yeah. the, the draft capital of having two guys the in the first round. is going to be interesting. And listen, yeah. there's a lot of intrigue, excitement, but at the end of the day, you have to click the right buttons. You, yeah. you got to pull the right triggers because this essentially, one of those picks is what you get for Jalen Ramsey. Yep. And you're essentially replacing Jalen Ramsey. You want to have the most talent as possible. So something to kind of keep an intrigue for, obviously. And hopefully um, the Rams are awful next year. And yes. hopefully Give the Rams Come on. are awful next year. Absolutely. For Action Sports, Jack's on ESPN 690. I'm Austin Lane. That's Justin Kuzart. That's Stuart Weber. Thanks for checking us out. Tomorrow, more 40-yard dash talk, more music talk maybe, and obviously a lot more Jaguars and football talk as well. A lot more fun this week. A lot more fun this week. Is that even a sentence? Yeah, a lot more fun. It's happening. Check it out on ESPN 690. See you guys tomorrow. When they look back through the annals of history, they're going to talk about three things. Discovery of fire, invention of submarine, and this road trip. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.